The Joe Rogan Experience. Joe Diaz, Joe Diaz. I'm rock bass. I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock a microphone. Crisp and clean with no caffeine It's better than the other brands I have seen It's not a different color like all the rest It's the raddest, the coolest, and the best 7 up. Who sings that? Third grade Is that a real? Friends from third grade I'm for a walk in the garden Give me some fine on this Smelling all pretty I'm gonna see you feeling shitty So I'm like, what's wrong, man? I don't mind if you tell me Just stop following me around Trying to smell me The garden's down there, yeah Go smell for yourself, this is some secondhand smell you dig You talk too loud in the movies, would you please be a little bit considerate You've had a bit too much to think, something's on the blink Cause you got way too many dirty dishes in the sink That's unhygienic man, you're gonna get cockroaches And cockroaches always lead to more cockroaches Yeah, you need fumigation Or some hardcore depths of investigation Don't say it man, just do it While I curl up in this warm fluid in the movies, would you please be a little bit considerate? You talk too loud in the movies, would you please be a little bit considerate? You talk too loud in the movies, would you please be a little bit considerate? You talk too loud in the movies, would you please be a little bit considerate? Stop. Look. Look again, something's looking at me through your eyeballs And that certain little something might go bloom if you let it Bloom if you let it, don't forget it Like, Ma, I need a towel You let your kids use new towels on the pool? What's the story? Hey, one, two, one, two One, two, What's one, the two story here? Mad flavor This motherfucker started I gotta hear Mad music and shit. flavor in the house, ladies what and gentlemen How you guys doing, alright? This is uh, the Joe Rogan Experience podcast with Brian Reichel, a.k.a. Red Band. What, what? With our special guest, Joe Coco Diaz, a.k.a. Mad Flavor, a.k.a. Planet Rock, a.k.a. Joey Karate. Sponsored, as always, by the Fleshlight. I don't know why I have to hold this up to the microphone or to the Because camera. a lot of people are seeing it for the first time right now. Oh, okay. I do every time, though. I don't know why I do it. I just yeah. keep holding it up. Most of the people are probably listening on iTunes anyway. Right. But, um... Or the Zune. I don't want to be uh, Microsoft racist, right? Yeah, totally. Is there some something you hear in the background? Yeah, do you that hear my... that? Oh, that's a song. All right, sorry. It's uh, the show. Yeah. Um, anyway, fleshlight.com. If you go to my website, joerogan.net, there's a, a link. And if you order this, it gives you 15% off. Coupon and, uh, code Rogan. Feels really good if you fuck it. <laughs> and one other thing, just a little shout out, because when I spoke to one of the owners, Chris, he said they were going to come up with some new ideas. You know, like when you buy a box of Campbell's Soup and shit, on the side of it, yeah, it gives you the directions for Campbell's Soup, but it also gives you directions for other things you could do. And I was thinking about other things you could do. Like you could take this out and put ice cubes in there and fuck it. You follow me? A lot of people haven't invented that yet. That's ice like, cubes? Yeah, you, you put want- ice cubes. I wouldn't do it. But I know for some people, you put ice cubes, and it's like a fucking drink. You put some ice cubes, you shake it up, and you fuck it. it or dry shit. ice, or green tea heated. 
You know what I'm saying? Because it feels nice on your dick. Or let's say you had a rough night the night before. You banged 18 hookers and your fucking dick is bleeding. You put Epsom salt in there with warm water and you fuck the Epsom salt. Just a couple different recipes we have for you at Joe Rogan Experience. Not that I would try this shit, but I know a lot of you fucking freaks would try this stuff at home. I know Red Band would definitely try it. So. I wouldn't try ice cubes. That would make it shrink and be sad. Well, whatever the fuck. Maybe somebody stepped on your dick at an MMA contest. Wouldn't dry yeah. ice burn your dick? Yeah. Well, that's some people like that shit. Look, 20 years ago, I went to a club to get Quaaludes, and I walked in. I'll never forget this. It was, like a, it was called Ramrod. It was a gay bar in the city. And we were kids. We were like 18. That's the first time I seen a dude with a cape on. I thought it was the coolest fucking thing in the world. A man had a cape on. And I walked into this club, and before we walked in, there was a fetish club on the side, and there was a guy in a tub that had a sign on him that said, uh, spit on me. That was his fetish for people to spit on him. Wow. So here's the beauty. I'm standing there, you know, your jaw's going, you're drinking, you know, you had to pee. And all of a sudden I see 20 guys standing in line for the fucking bathroom. And I ask them, I go, listen, why don't you just ask the guy in the tub if we could pee on him? So I walked over to the guy, I go, can I ask you a question? Do you mind if we pee on you? The guys go right ahead. There was a point in the night I looked at him. He had a circle of guys. Just You know those guys that don't want to wait online? Like, fuck it. Just pee on him. When I left, the guy had three inches of pee in the fucking tub. The sign was all fucking melted. Like the black ink would have been melted. What? It was This guy wanted people to spit on him. We ended up pissing on him. Man. And I pissed on him. I'm guilty of it. I don't give a fuck. He didn't suck my dick or nothing. I would piss on anybody. Oh. I don't give a fuck. He seems like the luckiest man alive. Oh, please. But that's a crazy ass fetish. But you oh. never know. Some people's chicken is another man's gumbo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't like pissing on myself. But this guy wanted you to piss and spit on him. Wow. So fucking. What is that? That's crazy shit. That's crazy shit. That when I was in Seattle on Wednesday nights at the comedy club, they had a fetish club afterward. And there's a couple times I stayed. People are fucking crazy. It ain't my bag of tricks, you know. But yeah. people are crazy. They put like uh, clips on their nipples and all that. I'm not into that fucking shit. But some some people are. Where's know? all that shit coming from? What's all, what's all that come from? I don't know. The same people who are in hoarders. I don't know. I don't know where these people fucking come <laughs> it's from. It's just a broken brain, like someone who just wants to shock the shit out of everybody. I don't know. Like, sometimes you're sitting there going, wow, I need some action in my sex life. Fucking people in the ass just ain't enough no more. I just Let me go lay around and have people piss all over me. Yeah, like all that shit. Or, or <laughs> come on me. Fuck, or, man. Or light my ball. And it wasn't really the guy. That wasn't what, what the guy's intentions were. The guy just wanted people to spit on him. Wow. I just took it to the next level because... I'm crafty like that. How about dudes who like uh, girls to beat the fuck out of yeah, them? Yeah, there's people who are There's into a that lot stuff. of them. A lot of them. Dudes who like girls to beat the shit out of them. Kick them in the balls. Punch them in the face. It's fucking... There's so many videos online. Dudes love that shit. I go for it until like the third smack and I lose my mind. I fucking <laughs> punch her right in the throat. You know what I'm saying? What, are you uh, fucking kidding me? That's a weird instinct. That is wanna, very fucking weird. fight with chicks and smack them around. Or for them to smack the fuck out of you. Yeah. But what are you going to do? There's people that are animals all over, you know? There's people that only fight with their spouses. They don't fight with other people. They just fight with their spouses. You know, with everybody else, they, like, resolve arguments with their spouses. They beat the fuck out of each other. Yeah. Sorry, I was doing some business. What were you doing? <laughs> oh, the plug was loose on the laptop. And it was only coming out of the left speaker. So now it's coming out of the right. But only for Ustream. Oh, oh. Sorry. Fucking. Tech talk. Sorry, Ustream. So what, how, you've been having a successful <clears throat> podcast lately. How, yes, how's it going? Very good, sir. What do you guys know? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck do I'm going to say? <laughs> You're just funny, man. Very good, sir. Just the way you say it. What do you want me to say? I'm a... What do you guys talk about? Like, what's the whole well, podcast Well, the about? Joey Diaz podcast is with Felicia Michaels. Felicia Michaels. Who's a hilarious comedian. Um, and uh, it's called Beauty. She, and the she's Beast. the Bob Cousy of the, of the thing. 
she controls the fucking thing because she's nice and white. You know, the Celtics were winning in the 50s. They had four fucking black guys jumping up and down. But the guy who was the hang wrangler was uh, whatever the guy I just said, the little Bob Cousy was the white point guard. Right. You know, he, he was five foot five. You wouldn't listen to him, but he fucking controlled, you know, he pulled the reins in. You know what I'm saying? So she's like the brain puller, and I, I go fucking nuts. I don't. I know so little about sports. No, no, we don't talk about sports on no, the. No, I mean, I'm no, just no. It's just, a, it's just, it's just. A, I just I use that. You know, I just used the analogy. I should know. That. No, you don't have to know. You weren't even fucking born. I just used a wild analogy about it. You know what I'm saying? What's up, Red Band? You're all fucking smart. There's a fucking big group of people that don't get into any sports at all. No sports, no nothing. And when you talk to them about it, they're just like, ugh, no, I'm not really into sports. Except for the UFC, I'm that person. You know? I'm more than surprised at how many people are just like that, how many people don't like going to sports. But there's, there's people that you would never expect that were like big UFC fans. Like, that I would think would be, like, like above this. Right. <laughs> like, Mike Judd, yeah. the guy who created Beavis and Butthead and, you know, the, the, the Fox show. What is that Fox animated show? King of the Hill. <laughs> King of the Hill and, you know, and so many fucking movies. He's a huge fan. I, I hung out with him in Austin. You oh, know, really? He, yeah. You win. Yeah. Well, I met him before, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I met him a long time ago oh, on awesome. uh, news radio. He was uh, hanging out with Paul Sims, and they were playing instruments together. And this is when I was in full Mike Judd man lust because wow. this is when he had uh, done Beavis and Butthead. Right. So I was a full-on fanboy. Uh, uh, you know, I was like, oh, man, it's fucking Mike Judd. Because Beavis and Butthead, to me, was the funniest cartoon of all time. Yeah, totally. The funniest animated yeah. show. Corn Julio. Yeah. Dude, I remember crying, laughing, laughing so hard I couldn't breathe watching that show. And I didn't even smoke pot back then. Wow. I didn't even smoke That was smoke the best pot. part about Beavis and Bub, getting really stoned and watching Beavis and Butthead. Dude, I, got a, I did something for whoever did Beavis and Butthead, something for MTV, and they hooked me up with every episode ever on VHS. Wow. They gave me boxes of them. And me and this chick that I was dating, this is when I first moved here, and me and this chick that I was dating just sat in front of the TV all day. We like ordered pizza. I didn't even have a couch. And we watched these episodes, every episode of Beavis and Butthead, crying, laughing. Wow. So hanging out with him, I was like, this guy likes the UFC? Like, I would have thought, thought you'd have been above that, sir. I can't believe you, know? you haven't seen Mediocracy yet, have you? Idiocracy? Idiocracy. No, no, yeah, I haven't oh, you, seen that. You got it. You got it. If you're a fan of him and, yeah. and your theories and how you think the world is and stuff, it combine those two, it's that movie. Yeah, everybody told me. Well, I, a lot of people actually accused me of stealing my bit. About uh, dumb people outbreeding smart people, but luckily I had it on DVD before that movie came out, so no one could say. Oh. But when did Idiocracy come out? Uh, about four years ago, but what, I think like three years ago. What is that about? What is it's, the, it's the, the futuristic it came, world? Yeah, yeah, and it came. It went right to video. I, I believe. You know what, man? I it's read a, for that. Look, it's a the, the you know the theory that people or dumb people are outbreeding smart people. It's not just mine. But was it just know? was that the movie where they wanted mixed races? No, 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 no. It's a movie where dumb people take over. Like, yeah. It's eventually, there's no smart people left, which right. is basically just like my bit. But, you know, everybody sees that. Everybody's, you know, that's the number one concern that an intelligent person has is that look how many dumb people are having kids. Look how many dumb people right. are, are in your school system clogging up, you know, the, the system with their fucking kids that are already predestined for retardation just by the way you've raised them. You've just fucked their heads it's up. It's the raising and what brain. they're exposed to also. Because yeah. lately I've been watching a little bit more television just so I could be in the fucking loop instead of criticizing. I've been watching more television. It's fucking scary, guys. <laughs> reality TV. I've been watching uh, the Kardashians. Like for the first time, I didn't know who these people were and I wanted to see what this is about. That is the goofiest 
fucking show ever. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Hey, there is some shows out there, but I'll tell you what show's kicking that hoarders. How can you let yourself go like that? You know what sad, makes me sad about the Kardashian show is Bruce Jenner. Oh, he's a Bruce Jenner shit. was a motherfucker, A bro. motherfucker's motherfucker. He was a fucking one of the greatest Olympians ever. What did he do? The decathlon? Is that what he did? What the fuck did he do? He he threw threw spears. He (laughs) shot through the fucking thing. He He was a super athlete. He was a super athlete. A real true super athlete. And he's still a bad motherfucker. He just got caught up. He got the plastic surgery. I mean, yeah, I don't. That's just how can one deteriorate to that point? Everybody is doing plastic surgery. Even young kids are shooting this fucking Botox shit. We were talking about uh, that, that girl Heidi. Heidi Montag. Yeah. That's what we do. We talk about her. <laughs> Who's Heidi No, Montag? we're talking about it because she apparently is friends with Brian's friend Esther. Yeah. Now, Heidi, her sister. And they're going to do a podcast together. Her she sister used to be the UFC ring girl for a while? Uh, for, no. That's Heidi Hollywood, no, whatever. No, no. I'm oh, no, 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 no. That's no, the, the other one. the from the hills. Yeah. He, you're talking about the one that's in Playboy. Yeah, I don't know these people. I, I tried, guys. I the one I that was to, on that show, to, the girls next door. I went right. to I went to a party the other day. I don't think we, we didn't talk about this. How how crazy? Have you ever been to a, a crazy Hollywood party? Like you know, just you know, thousands and thousands of dollars were spent on a party. I was at a party the other day that there was baby tigers. That's how crazy it was. Like burlesque dancers. All, the biggest sushi bar you'll ever see, and baby tigers walking around. And it's I was like, that's crazy. ridiculous. And then you walk out, and it's like, oh, there's Nikki Hilton. I guess if you're going to have a party and Nikki Hilton's coming to a party, you have to get baby tigers, or she will be pissed off or something. You know, because these girls have this fame now, where like the Kardashians and stuff like that, where they go to parties and they expect certain things. Parties are weird, man. <laughs> parties are weird when you're going to basically a club that is someone's house. I mean, that's what parties are. Yeah, your house you all turns bring into your a friends, and it turns into this gigantic conversation pit of people. Right. Those are so strange, man. When you don't know people, you don't know who's there. You're, there's a hundred, two hundred people in your house. I mean, how many parties you've been over like that? Uh, that was I've been to like two. Like the South Park guys had a party once where everyone was dressed like Moulin Rouge, and they were like everyone spent like four hundred dollars per costume at least, kind of party. It was cool. You walked in. And it was like it looked like a circus. That was the first one I went to, and the second one was this one. So. The last one I went to was this. Was they had staff that was trying to keep people out of the rest of the house. They would have staff that would like stand there with their hands behind their back, so like, you couldn't go upstairs, you couldn't go rummaging through you know the bedrooms and shit. But they had like a living room area where you were allowed to go to, and then some big crazy ass backyard, wow. and just some nutty rich motherfucker that just wants to have a, a bunch of people over his house. You know, I hate fucking dancers parties. on poles. You know that I hate fucking parties. They're very strange, Always. man. Since I was a kid, I've never really been a They're very strange. I don't it's, like people at my house either for a party. Yeah, be, oh, yeah. No. Every time the door crazy. opens, everyone's head turned towards the door like, who's coming? Oh, who's God. it going to be? Look who it is. Who's it going to be? Oh, it's her. Look at her shoes. I saw her in that magazine. She looks fat in person. Oh, my goodness. She's had some work done. Well, a party here and a party where these people party are watching here, it is, you guys here. go to a party that's yeah, normal. Where? Somebody pukes, somebody catches this a beat, and a purse gets robbed. That's a fucking party. When you go to these parties here with these worthless motherfuckers <laughs> and they're all walking around thinking that they're... And it's fucking amazing. It's amazing that people stand on line for hours to go into a club. These are the things that take me and I get baffled by it. Like, I wouldn't wait fucking 10 minutes to eat dinner. Never mind stand there to get in a fucking club. By the time I'm standing there, the acid kicked in. I wouldn't waste my fucking time. If I'm not walking in, I don't want to be there, man. 
That's a strange thing about clubs with big ass lines, you know. And then VIP oh. tables and and whatever. When I was a kid, you did coke in the bathroom. That was the fucking <laughs> VIP. All right, that was VIP. Now you gotta have a VIP table. It's fifteen hundred just to sit. You gotta be behind uh, the velvet uh, ropes. A hundred for per bottle. What if I fucking want water? Listen, man. If you want to live like you're in an R. Kelly video, oh fuck, there's that rules, shit, dog. There's no rules. I once was in. I was once in one of those lines where I was with two girls and we waited in line like an hour to you're get into this club. Nuts. And wow. then they get to. I get to the front and they go, "The two girls can come. You have to wait." And I waited for another half hour until oh, I get in. No. I get in, and then they're like, "And the girls are already with guys." No, no, the girls Ow. were like, "This place sucks. Let's go." And I'm like, oh. "No." Where was this? Uh, I don't remember. Miscellaneous Hollywood Bar. <laughs> Wow. You're fucking crazy. That's brutal. That's brutal. There's this one place uh, in Hollywood that's cool. It's like a uh, bondage type uh, dance club. You walk in, there's net above the, the bar where people, naked girls, are just climbing above you. So you're drinking and looking up, and there's just like Spider-Mans on top of you. It's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, weird, weird fucking parties like that, man. There's That's like a big social thing like who could put on the craziest one who could have uh you know baby tigers right you know the oh, one i went a to just had thing poles be an ice cube that melts <laughs> the fuck is that like an ice sculpture like once the ice sculpture is done the party what, are you fucking the party's over when i say it's fucking over <laughs> party's over when fucking papa does his last fucking line that's when it's fucking over <laughs> fucking when the ice sculpture are you fucking kidding me? It's a swan. Oh, please. It's a beautiful swan. It's, it's an carved angel. out of ice. That angel's melting. It's, it's, it's amazing, amazing what, art what and they've it's done. temporary, just what, like life. It's amazing what they've done to parties and what people think a party should be and how they stand on line and you wait an hour. So you go to a party for four hours, you maybe, if you're a regular person, get four fucking drinks at the bar. By the time the bartender comes to you and you give a, it, it, it's amazing. And you're going to go all, do all this shit. I think I've told the story about the very first big party that I ever went to. I was in high school. I think I've told the story before, have I? I don't remember. It was a big brawl that broke out. I was with my pal Jimmy Wallace, who's uh, Sully on the message board. Right. And uh, me and him and this kid, John Bataraco, we went to this party that this Iranian kid threw. This Iranian kid had just moved into town. His family was very, very wealthy. And he just wanted to make some friends. So he decided he was going to throw a party because his parents weren't home. Well, this kid was like, you know, like 14, 15 years old or something. So he throws this fucking party and has just like five different high schools there. Like the entire class, like seniors, juniors, everyone's underage, everyone's drinking. The place is mobbed and people are stealing shit left and right. All right. So this place is flooded with horny, drunk teenagers. And it's a mansion. It's a mansion in like this incredible old Boston neighborhood with this giant lawn. I mean, it is a huge fucking place. And right in the middle of this this party, these kids are drunk, and one chick says something fucked up to some dude, and the dude says something fucked up to her. I don't remember what the words were, but I remember something she did to him. She either smacked him or she threw a drink in his face. I've forgotten because the right hand that he hit her with is embedded in my brain. There's no room for anything else. This dude knew how to punch. And whatever she did to him, I think she hit him. Maybe she hit him. He fucking uncorked one on her face. I've never seen a dude knock a chick out like this before. He knocked a chick out like she was a dude. Boom! Just connected on her face with like this perfect punch. And her arms went out. Her body dropped. She went totally unconscious. This dude caught her as she went unconscious. And then it was on. 
It was just on. It was tables were flying, glass was breaking, people were diving onto piles of people, and it was like a fucking movie. I was like covering my ears and sneaking my way through the house. Bro, it was brawls everywhere you looked. It's like that one punch lit a fire that these kids were just looking for a reason to fight. And people started screaming at people and then piling on top of people. And girls were fucking hitting people with their shoes. And people were diving off piles That's and diving party. on other piles. That's a shit. fucking party, Jack. Woo! I got outside. My friends were all cut up and shit. They're like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, they had just gotten through a pile. Wow. You know, like, dudes were just piling onto each other. Dudes were just fighting. It became like, like they got infected with that rage shit from 28 Days Later. Wow. Once and you this- go to a party like that, it's tough to stand in line for a fucking hour. You know Dude, just, just stealing VCRs and oh, jewelry. Crazy, we saw man. people walking out with shit. We saw them walking out That's with shit. They just robbed this dude's it's house. Fucking crazy. He knew nobody. He just moved there. It was nuts. Wow. It was nuts. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm, I'm just thankful that nobody fucking jumped on me. That's all it was. I mean, easily, I could have been at the bottom of one of those piles. There was no logic to those piles. Those piles were just wild chimp, add alcohol. Who's this fucking prick? This fucking prick from Newton North thinks he's going to come down here? We run shit here. You know what the scariest thing about the whole <laughs> thing is? Zero cell phones. So that's, yeah. that, that was like... No, those were the was, good days. Yeah. <laughs> you had 10 minutes to get in your fucking car and yeah. leave. And nobody took a picture of your license plate. Right. You know, you could hit somebody with a chair. You had eight minutes to get the fuck The home. bad time is back then when someone stole your car, they stole your car. Right. That's it. That shit's gone, son. There's no internet. You can't put the license plate on Online. You can't, you can't look at mobile yeah. me to they find my car. Take your shit, man. One People of the biggest just... lessons I ever learned, I never drank again on New Year's. Never after I seen that one New Year's. I went to a party like that. It was very chill. Everybody was having a good time. And also one of my buddies couldn't drink. He started drinking and he started spitting on the floor. Oh, no. The, people, the, the person said something to him. And he, he put like $200 in the person said something to him. So like, really? He goes, either I'll take my money and leave, or I'll fucking... So he started some shit. Next thing you know, all fight broke out. That's the first time. Fuck Mike Tyson. Danny Bianculo bit my friend's ear off that night. We had to drive what? him to the hospital with a baggie with ice in, and the bottom of his earlobe was in the thing. And he kept holding on to the car saying, as soon as I get stitched up, I'm going to go back there and fuck him up. <laughs> it was one of those types. The kid bit him in the ear. It was hanging. He's got his ear in a baggie oh. with ice. And he's like, I hope this fucking doctor hurries up because I'm going to go back to his house and knock the fuck out of him. He just beat you up 10 times. <laughs> To stop you the tenth time, he bit your fucking ear because he couldn't take it no more. Uh, he didn't know what else to tell the fucking kid. But I remember that I never drank on New Year's again. I was like, I never want to be in that position. There's some dudes that just don't give up. No, he, this motherfucker till this day won't give up. You have to kill him with a stick, bro. He was <laughs> he was covered in blood. They broke him up, and he would say, "Okay, I'm all right." He'd wipe his lip. He'd wipe his face. They'd say, "Go over and shake Danny's hand." He'd go over to Danny and say, Danny, I'm sorry, but your mother's still a cunt. Let's go one more fucking time. And then they'd do it again for 20 minutes. God the kid would damn. beat the fuck out of him again. All right, get me. All right, I'll, I'll stop. And Danny would go, you're going to stop this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break it up, towels, ice, massages, you know, uh, Stitch would be there. And while Stitch is showing him up, he let me go shake his hand, bro. Yeah, it's over. You know what? Your mother still has VD in her asshole. Jesus fucking Christ. He just beat you up 10 fucking times. And that's how bad it was. And I never, ever, ever drank again on New Year's, dog. That's an East Coast thing. Yeah. That's a, some East Coast I remember taking Rocky home, Marciano jeans. And, and his parents were like, <laughs> where were his friends? And we're like, uh, look at our shirts. It's covered with fucking blood. 
You know what I'm saying? Like we were holding on to him for dear life. And you Some gotta, people with their kids, it's just like having a pit bull that gets to leave the house and go wherever the fuck it wants. Right. You know, with some people, you know, there's some people that have some crazy fucking kids. Could you imagine if you had a crazy kid where every time he was leaving the house, you knew he was going to come home covered in blood, his knuckles all fucked up, screaming and yelling at three o'clock in the morning? I just have a pro- feeling that if that was to happen to me, like if it got really bad, that I would be like, all right, I'm taking you to the orphanage or whatever. Like, I feel like I would give up if the kid was like this little redhead kid getting in fights every day. And what? Like, Yeah, you say that, man, but you like have to be a real like, piece want, of shit. I don't want this anymore. I'm going to Canada and doing crack. You have to be a real piece of shit to give your kid up. People don't give their kids up. They they keep trying. But that's what I'm scared of. I feel like I would do that. That's excitement. Your kid fucking getting in trouble. What? That's excitement. Your kid having some fucking drama. What what kind of? Let me ask you something. You want a half a fag fucking kid? (laughs) Is that what you want? You want your kid to really? You want your kid to have some fucking opinion? Even at an early age, and to him, for him to have some some opinion, there's going to be some problem somewhere along the line, guy. Yeah, that's true. You had your own fucking opinions at eight and nine. I know you, and so I don't know about fucking you, but I know I did. I told people what the fuck was on my mind. I know you did. You grew up by yourself. You want your kids that? I'd see these kids. Listen, before I was driving, I seen this kid, Jewish kid, with a yarmulke on, walking around like a fucking momo with sandals on. I almost pulled over and grabbed him by the shirt and said, "You're a fucking Jew. Act like it, you dumb fuck." Walking around what? like some fucking dumpy wumpy dude. I see these dumpy, kids. Wumpy. I see like, these fucking kids today. You're bro. a Jew. Act like it. Act like a fucking Jew. Go out and mug somebody. Go out and sell what? shoes or something. Wait a minute. You're out walking somebody. around like a fucking mumpy dumpy in North Hollywood. What's a mumpy? With us, a fucking mook with little sandals on. Dude, look at these fucking kids today. <laughs> wow. You want half of these kids to be your fucking kids? What talking do you about care? this fucking nonsense and shit. I'm just saying it's not what okay. they're dressed like, but you know this kid's a fucking mook walking around. He's a mook. You can tell by his body. Is that racist? Mook? No, I think it's a mook. Like he's a fucking moron, guy. What the fuck? You've been mook. hanging out with me for six years. You don't know what a fucking mook no. is, guy? Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> Why would I know that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you want to have these fucking kids around you texting all fucking day and drinking mm. energy drinks? You need these fucking kids? These kids can't even work. They're so fucking worthless. You want this shit in your life? You want your kid to have a little opinion and to stick up for himself. You want your fucking principal to call home and say, hey, man, your teacher, your kid suspended because he told the teacher he didn't believe that or he didn't believe what he was saying or something. And then you talk to him and you level him out. But you don't want half these fucking kids that are sheep. Fucking mooks. I don't want no fucking kid that's a half a sheep. I understand that. What I'm talking about is crazy kids. You know, what kind I mean, of crazy kid? What's, what's, a, a, what's a crazy kid? You never grew kid? up with a crazy kid? You I am a fucking crazy kid. Look at me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What are you talking about? What's a crazy kid? A kid that's going to cause problems all the time. It's not going to cause problems. Like it's just Dennis the Menace. Was, Dennis if the kid's yes, causing Dennis problems menace, all the time, it's scary. It's Look, like you let your kid out. I didn't Look. light fires. I didn't do nothing like that. I didn't mug other kids or, or rape little fucking girls. I was a fucking kid that liked to have a good time. Mm, yeah, me too. I was an idiot. I was an idiot when I was a kid. Why were you an idiot? Oh, I used to drive too fast. I had always had hot rods. I, I spun one out in front of the school and smashed it into a tree right in front of the school and broke the car in half. There's no way a 17-year-old, I think I was, maybe 16, shouldn't have been able to have a car like that. What kind of car did you have? 68442. Is it a regret of yours? Uh, no, because everybody lived, it? but they didn't have to. You know That, that, that car oh, could have hit somebody. Yeah. Oh, okay. That car could have hit somebody. 
We were all stupid. fucking idiots. When was, we were the car kids. was a piece of shit. The problem was I didn't know how to drive when it was raining. When it, when the car's hydroplane because it had shitty uh, back tires on it, and uh, I I hit the gas and the car just lost it. It just start. It just spun out and there was no way I can control it. I didn't know what I was doing. There was no way I should have had that kind of a car. The kind of power that those cars have, old muscle cars like that. What for did you a have young before idiot. that car? What was the what was the uh, my first car was a muscle car. I went straight oh. to muscle cars, man. My first car was a '73 Chevelle. I'm an idiot, oh, dude. I didn't want something that gives you economy. I was, I had no guidance growing up. No. I was pure instincts. My, mine was like, what's the craziest shit I could get? <laughs> you care about you know? the engine and the, and the fuck yeah? I wanted like high cubic inches. You know what is it? It's a four hundred. It's a four hundred. Holly eight fifty double pumper. Holy shit! Let's get that. I wanted it. I just wanted hot rods, man. That's to, to me it was like there was cars that were like just they would get you around, but they wouldn't do anything for you. And then there was hot rods. Like why would you have a car that wouldn't do anything for you when you could have a car that every time you look at it you go, holy shit, you know? But they're just such a nightmare. You you, sh- you really shouldn't be allowed to drive one if you're sixteen, seventeen years old. That's a death trap. It's crazy engine in this little retard brain of mine, and I'm 16, and I'm allowed to have this fucking metal monstrous death machine out there with a bunch of people with their kids out there walking in the streets, and there's no way. There's no way kids should be able to have that kind of power. I had a 19, first card, 1981 Renault Alliance, and my cousin was just going to like donate it to charity, but she, I bought it off of her for a dollar for I guess for some reason that you can you have to have pay something right you know, for some reason, and it was all beat up. And my dad's like, "This is your first car. You have to redo this whole entire car to make it look new and stuff like that. I'll show you how to do it, but you have to do all the work." So like. We took like side panels off, and I took that putty, that molding putty, and I had to re-sculpt this Renault Alliance. You wow, know, like, you, you bondoed it? Yeah, bondoed the whole car. Oh, so he made you like earn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, but at the end of it, it looked like a brand new Renault Alliance. And really? Then it, it was like, oh, but it was a Renault Alliance. But it was still <laughs> funny because I was like, then I went to a station wagon with wood on the sides. I had, a, <laughs> I had a, a bunch of cars that were like big American muscle cars. A bunch of them in a row, and then I got. I always had. There were always pieces of shit. the 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 one that I crashed in front of the tree, or into the tree rather, was the best one. That was the nicest one that I had. The the ones afterwards were just shit boxes, most of them, because I was broke. But uh, I got an Audi Fox. Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's a little tiny front wheel drive car, manual. It was my first manual, and it was my first like really well-engineered car. And it was the first car that I drove. I was like, what a piece of shit these fucking American cars are. God. Like, you don't realize like what a hunk of shit you know, it is to drive a, a, a 70 Barracuda, like all stock and everything with stock brakes and stock suspension. Those things are just barely connected to the road. They're just they're all over the fucking place. Taking corners with them is a nightmare. The steering is numb. You have no idea where it's going. And you take that, and then you go to like a little tiny car that's like well engineered and handles well. It's like wow, this is an amazing difference. And that car was a piece of shit, you know. But it was still, it it, it was so much better, you know. And then I started to appreciate cars that weren't powerful. Like they didn't have to be that powerful to me. I just realized it was Toy- the Toyota Supra. I think was my favorite car mm. growing up. That was fun. That was fast. my first expensive car that I got. Really? Yeah. I- when I got on TV, when I was on news radio, that was the first expensive car I got. I got a Toyota Supra. 
I was like, holy shit, I have a fucking Toyota Supra with the crazy space wing on the back of it. I heard they're bringing it back. I heard the Supra's coming back. Really? That's, I heard that a couple of months ago. Well, you know they have that Lexus, if you've never seen it, that LFA. They have this new Lexus that's in this incredible piece of engineering. I mean, it's like $400,000, and you're not even allowed to buy it. Apparently, um, what you have to do is you have to lease it. And you have to pay the entire lease portion up front, and you get it for two years. And it's like $260,000, wow. and you have to pay for it for like two years. I'm not, the, my numbers might be off, but you, you lease it for two years, and then at the end of two years, you get an option to buy it. Hmm. And it's this fucking insane new Japanese supercar. It's like 500-plus horsepower. It sounds like it's, – it's like a supercar. It's like the next generation of car. How long till Apple makes the car? That iCar, you know, that's on the works. That's really? on the table somewhere in some German. Do you think so? I absolutely think so. Look at the Segway. Imagine Apple mixing in with the car electronics and combining with another car company to have like just the ultimate car. I think they should just stick it, with fucking computers. And it would be the gayest thing ever. It'd be like, what's those things that everyone has now? I hear the hybrids. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Prius. Prius. Uh, it would be just like that. Oh, my God, everyone will have the imagine? same fucking car. Oh my God. So my first car. Was a fucking seventy three Monte Carlo, black on black leather, five hundred down, two hundred a month. I got it from the bank. I drove the car for two months like a pimp. I had the electric package with the windows. I had the roof. And one day in the middle of the winter, I went over to the city to get some weed. And I went and I, I we were smoking, so I put the sunroof up. And all of a sudden, the sunroof went back. And the windows started going up and down like the electrical system was sizzled. (laughs) (laughs) I told my buddy, fuck it. Put your thing. We're out of here. I swear to God, it was in a blizzard. I went back there three days later. The car had a foot of snow on it. And all the windows, one window was shut. The rest of the window had come in. Like a day later, the sun came out. I went back two days later with a tow truck. There was nothing. Nothing. It was the back. It looked like a fucking chicken. The day after Thanksgiving, it was just bone. They took everything, Joe. The seats, the <laughs> upholstery, the fucking black around it. It was just the, the tires, the whatever, the, the axles. They took everything. They left the body on bricks. That was it. I never heard from the bank. I never paid it off. It never came back in my, cre- it never came back in my credit thing. It, it was, just vanished? It just va- Poof. <laughs> Poof, I never paid for it. I went years later to get credit. Like, is there a check bank of fucking America with not, nothing? What? what? I, poof, nothing. How I did, never, how's that possible? Don't let fucking ask me. <laughs> I left the car there with, a, with $5 for whatever. Yeah, it's his $5. In those days, like all you had to do was go by George Washington Bridge, and under the bridge, you left your car there with the keys in it, with a half a tank of gas, and leave like a nickel bag. Your car, you go back there the next day, there would be nothing there. Nothing. Vanish. You could get fucking Barney Fife on it, they wouldn't find your car. In New York, they would demolish your car like that. Yeah, people, there's some little shops in New York, little body like shops. Like this. And Canarsie like, up in Brooklyn. They're like rat dens. You're done. Yeah, Listen, you, could, you, could, you could find like a broken down street, a broken down car, drive it into one of these places, they'll give you 100 cash and 20 for gas, and you'll never see that car again, dog. Anybody involved in a junkyard. In a junkyard. It's, yeah, it's, the guys involved in a junkyard, that dude knows how to get rid of looking a car. For two, I just watched something. <laughs> Antibody. I just watched something on CNBC about how big the airbag business was five years ago before they put the numbers on it. You have no idea. People, People would just steer airbags. Oh, my God. 
people were stealing airbags like it was going out of stock. I mean, just taking your airbags. Yeah, and they is didn't worth a lot of money. Fifteen hundred a pop. What? Really? So I give it to you, and you sell fifteen hundred. You rob them, you take it to a guy, he gives you three, and he sells it at fifteen hundred. Wow! And everybody's in on the scam because nobody wanted to pay twenty five hundred. Wow! So a guy could steal one and sell it for fifteen. He was stealing twenty a day. Oh my god! At fifteen hundred, he's doing that. Holy shit, you dude! Know, CSN, who's doing that? Some dude who's making thirty thousand dollars. That's who's doing well, that. Well, the guy had a That's ring. Incredible! The guy had a ring. Airbag, and it ring. got so big that he had to get an office, and eventually got popped because he was so big. He was sending that's, them out across the country. He went online. He went on fucking line. Airbags for sale. Next day delivery. Yeah. This guy was, so you'd say to him, I need whatever car you have. I want a 2010 airbag for car. Give him your order by the next day. He'd send out a robber to go steal it and send you the airbags overnight. It was on fucking CSNBC, a one-hour special on how bad this shit was. That's craziness. Fucking airbags. How did he think he was not going to get caught if he had a bunch (sighs) of people working for him? Yeah. You'd have to do that ninja style. It would have to only be you. That's a business where you can't have too much growth. If you want to go run around stealing, you got to be the one who understands where right. to steal, when to do it, how the alarm he works. You need to steal the people. No yeah, more. he had. Of course, like you, of course you, not. You Why would they work around. for him? Why would they work for him? Yeah. They're the ones who are going to get arrested. You sat around all day and waited for him to say, "Here, go get a '68 Chevelle. Here, go get a Brunault. Here, go get an '89 Subaru." And, and they just drive around till they find it. There it is. There it is. They find it. Now you don't even have to need like a color. So do, did they do it at night? Everything at night? I don't know. Fucking say really, but it's just amazing that you know even like, if you go over to that who you know uh, Iraq and Iran years ago they found that when they went over there that all the cars they were driving were stolen cars in the states. Wow! That they were just sending the whole cars over there. So when cars get robbed here and we're like it's in Mexico, no, it's not. It's a cab in fucking Iraq. Wow, that's crazy. And Iran and Sudan wow, and all those countries. Cool. That's where the stolen cars from here go in a fucking wow. tank. You know. Scary. It's amazing, and everybody's in on it. And here we're thinking like, oh, my fucking car got robbed. I left my fucking kids' pictures in there, whatever the fuck. And that's what they do with your shit. You know, it's it's fucking amazing that. Uh, and every day they come up with a new fucking scam, whether it's online. I read something that people are doing online. That's just fucking amazing. Now the internet has really destroyed scammeries. Here's a new uh, Facebook scam that I just witnessed last night. Uh, people who get hacked accounts on Facebook, they'll like you'll be on Facebook and suddenly a little chat will pop up and like, dude, check this out. And then they put a link and it goes to like the login page of Facebook again. And so now they're attacking through chats on Facebook. Like it looks like they're chatting to you. So, wow. So watch out for that one because uh, she, the person I was with almost did it. I was like, no, wait a second. Why are you logging back in? You know? Whoa. So watch out for Facebook. <clears throat> yeah, those are tricky, man. What is that, a virus? How do they do that? Somebody gets hacked, and I think it just grows and grows and grows like a virus. Yeah, like one person got hacked, and then, then those and person's friends. And it connects friends. to websites? Like, or are or the websites the ones that are trying to set you up? Like, how's it, how are you getting to that? What, it, what it's doing is, yeah, I don't know. It's like uh, collecting information, I think, about people, probably. Because so- someone told me that sometimes you'll go to a legit website, and a legit website will have been hacked with this thing. Right. So I, I don't no, I don't think what I don't think it's that. I think it's like almost like a spam bot that somebody puts on Facebook okay. like MySpace used to do. <clears throat> so they can't do that to your website where you would go to redband.com and all of a sudden it would say, Hey, you know, log in, you know, to Facebook or something like that. Unless that your server got completely overtaken. That's or, what it would be. Or, yeah, or there's your website coding got somehow Can they know. can't they invent a virus that does that? Like every time someone wants to click on a link, it opens up a window asking them to log into something. Absolutely. That's why your servers have to have good virus software and, and detections and 
What a tricky world we live in. I'm petrified <clears throat> of the computer. Petrified? Like, just fucking petrified of it. Yeah. Like, I don't put my name on there. Like, there's things I want to order and shit. I just get, I read about all this stuff on there. I don't know anything about it. So it even scares me more. <laughs> like, that even scares Nothing. me Nothing. I mean, more. what do you have? Photos of you? What do you have? Drawings, writings? You know, what do you, what do you have that's, that you would really worry about getting out? I don't know. What is the big deal you people make about it? I don't know what the fuck the deal is. I bet he has a lot of videos, like webcam videos of him just sitting there, like recording. Dancing. I think I'll... No, Dancing. no, He's no, got no, like no, the no, whole no, Tonetta just, series. No, 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 no. <laughs> Joey. No, no, no. I mean, all right. So if I hacked into you, what could I get from you? Nothing. Writing, mostly. My writings are, you know, it's just the, the most uh, intimate thing on my computer. I'm going to have to quiet these kids up. Yes. It's okay. What are you going to do? Yeah, me and Joey will talk so about cats. It's their fucking house. You know what I'm saying? It's their fucking house. I know it's their house. So what do you want from me? We're imposing in there. The missus should have told the them. The missus got shit on her plate. There's children out there. You know what I'm saying? We should shut up in here. These fucking people don't know nothing about kids. Right away, he's dropping knowledge. Joey you don't know nothing about fucking kids. That's their fucking house. So old school. This it's is ridiculous. their house. We're, we're over here like bothering them. This is 4 o'clock. I don't know if you look. This is their fucking time. When we were kids at 4 o'clock, you come into my house tell me to shut up, bitch. I got bitch. I got Popeye on. I'll stab you. You know what I'm saying? They don't, I, all I'm saying is don't play in front of my door. Right. Oh, they're cute kids. Let them do what they do. This is their house. What are you going to do? Right, right, I, I like, I like the so, background noise. Brian is so old school. Or excuse me. Joey is so old school. Right. He's I know. Like he's beyond. He's Get beyond. You're so old school. Like It's like almost like, like you're, you you have your own defined set of rules. Yeah, and you still use MySpace. Yeah, I have Do you to. still use MySpace? Dude, he pimps MySpace on Do Twitter. You really? Pimp it. Bro, you got to bring the motherfuckers to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Enough is enough. If you put it out there, you got to have something. There's nothing wrong with MySpace. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> Because in a year it'll be back. Yeah, but you know, in a year it'll be back. Dude. And then all you momos that got rid of your page it's and swooped not. all your all friends, you mooks. all you, you fucking mooks, me, you I'll, have my, tappies. I'll have my friends in that zone. I've been paying attention all this time. Why are people getting off MySpace? Because see, here, uh, Joey, here's a perfect it's example. Fashionable to get off when you, 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 you're Jan Hardy lost two in a row. Do you not hang out with him no more? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what? You gotta hang on my. All your What's friends aren't real. All your Who friends aren't real. Those are robots. No, what do you think? Those fucking momos on Facebook are gonna hang out with you and bail you out when you hit somebody in the head with a stick? Uh. I don't think so, you <laughs> fuck. Go fuck yourself with your friends. You just wanna get out there and tell people what's happening. And Facebook, there's still people alive and kicking at our old school. Bitch, I still got 8-track tape. You know I'll send you an 8-track. I'll send you a podcast on an 8-track and shit. That's the problem with you fucking kids. Ow. Everything has to be fashionable. Stop Fuck it. fashionable. They got to come to your fucking world. That's what we're serving here. Sorry about the phone. It ain't me this time. It ain't you this time. You know what I'm saying? That's a, what's fashionable anymore? I got to have a fucking goatee and shave my head and have an earring. Form, what the fuck? Form we spring. do what we do. That's why we do. Form spring is That's very why people are special. That's why we're special because we're fucking free, man. We got to have a voice. Joey, are you registered to vote in California? That was fucking hysterical. You said that. Somebody called me yesterday from Sacramento. Here, people, listen, I've got a total all, of, all together about five felonies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Total, like all together and out of 52 states. That ain't fucking bad. There's only less, 50 states. Yeah, so <laughs> even if I have one of each, there's 50. That's less than 10%. I there's ain't only 50 map. and two of, two of them are questionable. Right, so there's 52, 54, whatever. Alaska and Hawaii. I got five. Yesterday I got a call. Those from, are stolen. I got a stolen call property. from Sacramento yesterday. 
Yeah. Asking me if I was interested in working the election for one of those cocksuckers, Meg Whitman or whatever. Oh, that's oh, hilarious. No, okay? I don't even know what oh, she is. Oh, my God. You should say yes. Should. I'm thinking Don't about it, it but they, it. they threw me off. I was stoned, and they were asking me a bunch of personal questions. Like, what if I'm a Republican? You know, I don't even know you what say, the fuck. You say you're Damn. Cuban. I'm Cuban from Miami. Yeah, of course I'm a Republican. What Miami? I never went through Miami. I went around that motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I went around that motherfucker. Where did you land? New York City with fucking Jay Z and the chick. But on the it's piano. so close to Miami, you can claim Miami. No, 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 no. I don't want. It's like Miami. if you live, I'm, I'm if you live in San Bernardino, know that shit. If though. you lived in San Bernardino and Straight then you were, you were in way. North Carolina, and some chick goes, "Where you from?" You go, "L.A." Joey Diaz, did you ever play stickball when you lived in New York City? Yes, you did. Stickball, and I took the. You take the, you take the fucking thing off the chairs. You see that thing Joe's got in his chairs that it's on the bottom to oh, hold right, your right. chair so it don't right. slip. You take that out. You unscrew it from your dad's workbench and you take it to the hardware store for a quarter. They take the screw out of it. And you wow. take that metal thing and you take a crayon, whatever your color is. Mine was burgundy red in those days. Wow. And you melt the crayon into the middle. And then you go out and play those fucking things on the street in New York where they have one, two. It's like nine ball. Right. Nine ball without the fucking stick. So you play that for money. That's how I made money in the first and second grade. Oh, wow. You got to be good with your finger. I always thought stickball was like baseball. But and you have, stick. you, have, you have stickball, which is automatics. It's, for, you know, that's a, a single. If I hit your mother's fucking pot roast, it's a double. If I, I hit, was if I, I was very lucky that there was not a pool hall anywhere near you. my house when I was growing up. Very lucky. Because I didn't get into pool till I was 21 years old after I'd hurt my knee. I tore my ACL and I couldn't do Taekwondo for a while. I couldn't kickbox. So I needed something to do with my time. You know, just something to just for my, it was all, all I was doing was doing stand up. So I started doing this. I started, I started uh, playing pool. If I was like seven, eight years old and I started playing pool, I would have been fucked. I would have never paid attention in school. I would have just been obsessed with playing that fucking game. I would have been like one of those dudes. Like every pool hall you go to, there's some kid who's just cut in school and he's just sitting around waiting for somebody to gamble all over the country. They're just sitting around for, you want to play a game? Want to play a game? And it's all just about, that's, that's, that's just like how they fulfill their competitive instincts and desires. They just get caught up in games and gambling for pool. And then, you ever watch that episode of The Twilight Zone? There was a Twilight Zone where a pool hustler yes. like, played for his soul. Yes, for his soul. soul. Yeah, and, you know, and it turned out that Who was the he episode? Lost. You got to tell me the episode. Who was in it? We talked about this already, you and I. You just got Jonathan Winters. Jonathan Winters was the devil. Yeah, and yes. Jack Klugman was the was pool the player. Pool and player. He wanted to be the best. And excellent this, one. Yeah, and this guy was like a dead guy, and he came back to play him, right? And the, the, uh, the, the thing was, he had already lost... It's because he had he had did, v- devoted his entire life to just playing pool. He'd wasted his life. He'd wasted his life playing this game. So he'd lost anyway. And it was like, wow. It's like you don't realize like there, you, there's certain things that you can get obsessed with, and you know, and it's fun, and you enjoy it, and you can you can have a good time. You can play golf on the weekends, and it can add flavor to your life. Or you could just get caught up in it, and that becomes everything. You know, and gambling when you're a kid, when you're a young kid. How many guys do you know that when you were you were a kid that all they wanted to do was play cards? All they wanted to do was find games. All they wanted to do was gamble. Go to the track, race track, horse track. Everybody was gambling. When you were kids? Fuck yeah. yeah. Wow. Fuck yeah. I didn't live with those you know, kind of kids. I, 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 I really, uh, one thing I really, I never told you about that. My mom had the bar. And from the ages of like 7 to 10, I was very, I got hooked on pool. But it was it, it, I, the reason why I stopped playing pool, pool was because I got really creepy. It, it overtook me. Oh yeah, I used to get into pool and I would say things to people about them that was creepy, like as I was playing. And one day I went home and I checked myself. My mother asked me, she goes, "What the fuck is that? 
Why are you just get- your competitive drive? Yeah, that's all it and is. it really taught me. I never wanted that yeah. feeling ever again. Like it, it stopped me from being that competitive. I, it's I not just older. balls going into a hole. There's something about pool. There's a reason why everybody has this thing about pool being a manly game. You know what I'm saying? Like there's certain games. Like it's not. Who gives a fuck if you're good at Donkey Kong? No one's going to be impressed. But like, you know what I'm saying? If a girl beats you at Donkey Kong, what the fuck? Who cares? A girl beats you at pool, though. That's a totally different world. There's something very manly about being able to control that ball, being able to keep your composure, being able to pocket those difficult shots, being able to run out. That's a manly thing. That's a being able to keep your shit together and keep everything tightly tuned. It's almost like a, like a moving yoga sort of a thing. I'd be so much more pissed if a girl beat me at Donkey Kong. Really? Would you? <laughs> I'd be like, this is horrible. What is happening to me? That's just because you're a super nerd. <laughs> right. Like, if she beats me at pool, okay. I'd be like, I agree. If a girl beat you're me at Quake, at... that would be way worse right. than pool. Yes. Quake would be way worse than pool for me, but that was, Quake was Quake was a bigger obsession than pool was because I didn't always have to, you know, I couldn't always get people to play me in pool. Like sometimes I'd go to the pool hall and there'd be no one to play. You know, you'd have to sit around and wait, or you'd have to practice by yourself. And, you know, and maybe someone will come in and you know this guy I can't play him; he's too good, or he don't, he won't give up a spot. Or I'm looking for a new with with, with playing Quake. You just get online anytime you want. You just hop online and play. You need to buy the new Call of Duty next week or whatever. I can't. I'm scared. Out. I saw this fucking ad for uh, the new Star Wars game. There was a Star Wars game ad that they showed during the UFC. Right. It looks so dope. Force Unleashed too. Oh my <clears throat> god, the fucking graphics! I don't know if this was in game footage or if it's one of those tricky things where they like pretend it's in game footage but it's not really it's right. just like some animation about the game they've created right the, the last one was pretty good but that's not my cup of tea too much i, I like the first person shooters more and, and unless they change that i don't it's not a first person shooter it's a what third person shooter where it's like from behind the person. oh i don't like those yeah yeah those aren't as fun to me i want to see everybody else i want to see it as if i'm seeing it i don't need to see my character that's stupid Mm-hmm. You know, I, I might want to see the, the hand in front of me with the gun. I kind of like that look in Quake sometimes right. when you see the hand in front of you with the gun. Like yeah, sometimes like it's Duke easier. Or it's easier to remember what you have, too. Like you don't remember if you have a lightning gun or if you have a rail gun. Right. Like if, sometimes I would just have it where I'd only see the crosshair. But that's the most, most fun game to play. That's the most fun way to play it to me because it's the most immersive. Because that's how we see things. We don't see our body outside our body running around. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't even feel like me. Right. But when I'm playing Quake and. It's just me, you know. It's a, there's a crosshair, and I'm running down hallways and shit. It's too exciting. Can't do it. Scary, dude. You should do it, and now do it in 3D. That's the best. When yeah. like playing first person shooters in 3D on on the TV. Um, I'm sure. It's I'm, I'm sure it'd give you like crazy eyesight. It would probably fuck with your eyeballs. Yeah, it's it's intense though. You feel way more immersed into it. A lot of guys when they're playing Quake, they kill all the graphics. They would kill all the graphics and make it look really flat. And well, the, the idea would be that so that the faster. opponent would show up better and so that their their processor, their computer Absolutely. would process it faster. Absolutely. But that looks terrible. Yeah, but it's they're more in it for the numbers. They're yeah. in it for the looks. Like the railgun looks like you only see like a straight line to it. There's like a lot of a lot of the graphics are gone. Joey, Flame. Have you ever played a video game, Joey? No. Not even Pac-Man? Uh, Pac-Man, yes. Were you a uh, Pac-Man frenzy back yes. in the day? You Not were Pac-Man. I'm the other one, Mrs. Pac-Man. Ms. Pac-Man. Let me tell you something. Anybody who got good at that Quake game and started playing it, anybody would get hooked. It is so exciting because it's so 3D. 
You know, the thing about first-person shooters, especially ones like Quake, it's like you can do things. Like you can you can run around, you can jump, you can you can rocket jump, shoot down at the ground, and go flying through the air and land on things. I mean, this is a completely three-dimensional world, and most of these maps that you're fighting on, they have all these levels to them, layers and levels, and you travel back and forth and up and down, and you're running down these corridors. It's all in real time, fighting other people. It's so exciting. You, you really need to play some new video games. I can't. Too. I can't. I'm <laughs> Because if you really think that that highly of Quake's graphics in a world, Quake Four is pretty dope. I know, dude. right? Even Quake Four, you take Quake Four, the best machine you can possibly buy. You take that, yeah. I'll times that probably by two million, and then that's where like video games are now. Really? Yeah. Like which which games are really like? There's what? just so like Call of Duty is one that I I personally love. That's it's it's amazing. I mean it's yeah. it's, it's so realistic. It's just so immersive. Well, you amazing. remember when we saw Borderlands? Another one that you would totally fucking love. Do you remember when we saw Gears of War before it even came out? Like, yeah, way, Gears of War way, way early. Absolutely. Our buddy Cliffy B uh, from Epic Games, who's a cool motherfucker. Gotta get him on. Yeah, he, I would love to have him on the podcast. He's just a, one of the nicest guys ever, and just super cool friendly dude and we met him uh and he showed us a bunch of shit it was before gears of war ever came out and he was like you know what did he what was it? well we're gonna we're about to fuck doom in the ass right <laughs> that's what he that's, said because yeah. doom 3d it just came out oh, and, yeah i forgot and, all about that yeah i remember that and he was showing us the gears of war stuff and we were like oh my god yeah that was like eight months before that game was even like released or something yeah. like or announced man yeah. you don't realize what hard work is until you see game developers yeah you see the the amount of hours they put in like Tim Willits from id Software and Todd Hollingshead and all those guys and John Carmack, you know, having getting to hang around with them, getting to go to like id Software and see like where they make the game. It's one. Of the, it's first of all, it's so humbling how fucking badass these guys are. Like the the designs and all the crazy graphics and all the things they're constructing. You know, I, I remember we went there to id before Doom Three came out and they were showing us like some demo versions of it. Just fucking amazing shit. Just the, the artwork, but then you talk to them, you're like, like, how much time do you guys spend working this? And they're like, it's like 16-hour days every day. Yeah. We work on Sundays. Yeah. They, it, work, they work constantly, man. It's and then a, they'll, they'll t- take time off and go on vacation. It's amazing how much, like, they're kind of like South Park for, like, yeah. it's eight months, you know? Yep. And then there's, like, even when it comes to everything in Hollywood, like, any kind of CGI or computer graphics, it seems like they're all like that. Like, I know somebody that's doing Harry Potter 3D right now, and it's just, like... 19 hour shifts yo what's up with that man if you had kids and you know it's like you motherfuckers need to hire more people <laughs> like this is ridiculous yeah. why is this guy gonna work 16 hours don't you guys make like a billion dollars a year doing this shit i mean how much how many fucking video games do they make mm. you know video games make a fuckload of money man did you ever play end up playing the new ufc game with you in it and Ever no, fuck around with no. it. No, I'm scared. I told you, I'm scared of games, man. I love it because I don't want to get fucking hooked. I don't want to have people over. Come on over, let's play some UFC. And then all of a sudden, the sun's up and birds are chirping, and I can't believe I'm still awake. My eyeballs are shot, and I sleep <laughs> till three in the afternoon. Yeah, you know, I did that. I did that for years. I love it because can't I, do it son. in Target. They have a UFC uh, a demo that's constantly playing. And yeah. so like, I was in Target the other day shopping, and suddenly I hear your voice like behind me going, "Oh no!" or something like that. I'm like, "What the fuck? <laughs> what's my voice?" <laughs> oh no. 
now? <laughs> Isn't that what you probably do? In well, we, we actually did. Um, we did two things. We did it so that I have to go in, start working on it again. Oh, really? Yeah, we're working on a new one soon. They just, uh, I think next month I start. Wow. But they're, um, what we do is we play certain clips of fighters like doing stuff, and you call the action while it's actually happening. You do that. And then you also like make imaginary scenarios, like imaginary scenarios like heel hook transitions to the arm bar, and watch how he transitions to the back, and we try to come up with a bunch of different you know, possibilities for that. And then we have descriptions of this fighter taking on this guy and this fighter taking on like endless combinations. So there's, there's, a, there's so many hours put into the game. I mean, just ridiculous, stupid hours. Now, did, when you guys filmed it, was there any Easter eggs that you know of where you had like weird scripts that you wrote that was like, all right, why am I doing this? This is weird. No, that's yeah. a good question, though. That's a good question because there's a lot of Easter eggs in games, right? Yeah, there's actually a bunch of games. Uh, there's a list of like the top 10. I think it was on crack.com of the top 10 like Easter eggs that were took the longest to find. Like there was one that was just found <laughs> the other day from some NES game, you know, from. I don't get Easter eggs, man. I don't get it. I, I love just, it. If you want to put something on, like, and Eddie Bravo on his uh, Twister, the DVD to Twister, mm-hmm. he had uh, the the Easter egg was Brian Callen doing that uh, gay Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor. All right. <laughs> you know, remember that? You've right, seen that yeah. video, right? Which is hilarious. Yeah. I'm like, dude, why wouldn't you just put that on the yeah, DVD? Yeah, that seems, yeah. Easter eggs should be yeah. just little things, maybe. Yeah, that's, a but that's, a, that's a good video. thing. Yeah. Why would you hide that yeah. somewhere deep in your, where you have to press control, alt, delete to get to it or right. something? What do you have to press to get to Easter eggs? It's for the usually, it's just up arrows. Like, you have to hit yeah. the arrow right down. Down, you know. Yeah, but you have to do it in the right order, right? right? Like down, sometimes. down, left, right. It depends. Sometimes it's fuck crazy. you, fuck you for making me look for shit like that. Just, That's if, right. What if the you fuck? Got something, if you got something, show me. Put it out there. Yeah. What the fuck? What am are I you? a treasure hunt all of a sudden? What the fuck is this? Put it out there. What is this shit? With, aren't you lucky to embarrass yourself to your daughters and shit? See, they know who the bosses. Yeah, you go out there, you say you can't talk. No, you don't. Then you they don't, look at you weird. You don't like say that. Who runs this motherfucker? You don't say that. You look at the wife and you go, "We're doing." Then the wife she will goes, tell you later. Oh, okay. Really? Are you no, fucking serious? She doesn't. I've had them all like goddamn that. day running up and down, running around Target. They heard your voice yelling and screaming. They thought it was you there. What are you nuts? And look at them. They're nice and quiet. That's <laughs> why so you can't say nothing to the kids. You just kind of fucking. You know, I told you, you don't say anything to the kids. Nothing. They run the fucking place. Hey, Joe, have you ever heard of something called geocaching? I think that's what geocaching. It's no. Yeah. It's this whole thing, and it's this is one of these weird things that you would never know existed unless you just ran across it. It's like a a game that the whole Earth or whatever is the the playing field, and these people uh, put G, get GPS coordinates to different boxes or treasures throughout oh, the whole. I have heard about this. It's so crazy. So like, so what it is? There's maps and there's there's websites that you go to that you try to find these little boxes that spread out throughout cities everywhere right and then you get to one of these boxes you open it up and i think you sign like your name on it and then you look sometimes there's little treasures or presents in there and you just or you add things to this little box like you know like a cool badge or like a diamond or something not a real diamond but whatever you know and then uh it's like this whole like game that people play it's called geocaching and there's iphone apps for it there's it's it's so weird i've always wanted to do it like at least or at least look at a box and see what's inside of it you know if you weren't worried about people being stalked and you weren't worried about like nuts on the internet, you could have a pretty dope TV show where you like give out coordinates, right. you know, and and you, you know you tell this dude where to go, and then you release that information on the internet, and he's got to go do something, and people from the internet will help him out. All oh, right. 
But then you, you, the problem is you just have some nut who would just be like, you know, you and I are brothers in another life. I have eaten <laughs> crystals and seen his vision. And then he'd be fucking following you around everywhere. Yeah. You, you could have issues with that dude, you know, and if he knew that he could get on television by helping you and becoming your friend. Yeah. You know, but you could have a pretty dope TV show like that. That would be cool. You'd have to, you can't, that's no you mean, filter you though. You mean internet show. Yeah. There's no reason to have TV show. Well, you mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, I mean, TV no, is still exciting. Is. Dude, TV is still what you're getting from TV. The t- what there's not, it's not like there's not going to be TV anymore. What it is going to be is that internet and TV sort of merge together. Yeah, you know, because TV is still cool because you've got first of all you got experienced producers, people who know how to film things correctly, people who know how to like write scripts. You've got like all these talented motherfuckers, so it's never going to go away if the shit they're producing is really cool. Right. It's just somehow or another they're all going to merge together. But right. you're not going to get rid of TV. The idea of like getting rid of TV, who's going to make Lost? Who's going to make something? No, what, like that? what it's going to be though, it's like like as an example, you go to Jimmy Kimmel's website, you can watch like every single one of his episodes for way, way, way back. You know, right, right. So it's just going to get to a point where they're not broadcasting TV to like. Like, that's what I want to fucking do is watch Jimmy Kimmel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, let's get down and fucking dirty here, cocksuckers. What? So, like, they, the it's, it, it's going to get to a point where they're just not broadcasting it anymore. There's no cable companies. It's just going to be, like, every show has their own website. Yeah, you for know, sure. So, JimmyKimmels.com yeah. instead of Jimmy Kimmel on Channel 4. And then there's going to be people who set up networks online where right. it's just, like, it connects online to your television, and it's oh, an alternative network. It already network. has. Yeah. Google TV, Apple TV, all yeah, those bam. other TVs. Shazam. So, so, what, so, right now, your website might have some cool YouTube videos, but imagine it in the future it being a channel. Yeah. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I mean, it is, we, we always said that that's probably what's going to happen, right? right. Totally. That everyone's going to get their own channel. That websites literally will be like channels, and everyone's going to have their own little fucking thing. Mm-hmm. That's when it's going to be a real problem, like iReality Show. Like if Apple reduces a thing, produces some new thing where you make your own reality show, right. like it's a fucking hat, and you put this hat on, like and TV. it's got like a little thing, and there's a camera right in front of you, and you just carry it around with you, and it broadcasts wirelessly on the 4G network. That's what so Justin TV started off as. He did that it. one guy, Yeah, right? that one guy, 24 yeah. hours a day. He was his own TV Yeah, show. but what I'm saying is that Apple would create, create an app. Like, right. Not an app, but a, a device, like a new version of, you know, like they have the iPad, some new crazy thing. And this thing would be an iReality show, mm-hmm. your own reality show. It, it would edit it for you. You'd be able to, you know, do it all with voice commands and shit. Cut, edit, rewind, delete, broadcast. Totally. Yeah, it'll show it to you on a little heads-up display right in front of you. Would you like to send this online right now? Yes. Bam. Do it online right from there. That's when we're going to have real attention whores. Who's going to you know, who's gonna do the nuttiest shit on their reality show to get people to watch them? Totally. And there's some people out there that will become famous that can't get a reality show right now. You think, well, hey, you know, all you have to do nowadays is get a reality show and you're famous. Yeah, try getting a reality show, shithead. You think it's that easy? You got to be like Kim Kardashian. You got to suck some black dick. <laughs> you got to fucking. You got to get people interested in you. You got to get that well, big what fat I, white ass naked what do in front I of the know? TV. What is it? What are people? What are people gonna see every week? And all of a sudden she shows that big dick going into. Yeah, big dick going into her pretty face. Gobble, gobble, gobble. That chick just went for it. She's just like, how about this? Come on, seven. I'm gonna be a a fake porn star. I got a porn. I'm porn star with an out. You know, you're going to watch me fuck, but it's only because it was an accident. You're not supposed to see me fuck. Shut down. And then she just slings it out there. All those crazy bitches showing their pussy when they're getting out of cars. I mean, they just took, took whoredom to like the next level. 
publicity. when they raise the, the bar. Nice that's yeah, they that's how hard ball. it is to get a reality show. You got to do something like that, and you got to be there. You got to be in this the the soup of Hollywood. You can't start a reality show like that from Nebraska. No one's going to give a fuck. They're just it's just not going to happen. Well, everybody shot reality shows, even Octomom. Now you have to be fucking interesting. Something has to. Now be going you have on. to be interesting. Now you have to be interesting or crazy. You could shoot a reality show, but now you have to be interesting. Yeah. You know, like I was saying to you, I've been watching a couple of those shows lately, and I understand oh, these fucking people are crazy. Hey, let me tell you something, dog. I just want to mention one thing, that this is the year of the Mexican, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the Miss America, Felipe Esparza, winning last comic standing. The dishwasher at El Compadre Choo Choo getting off on that one pound of Coke deal with the racial profiling. And now your boy, Kane motherfucking Velasquez on Saturday night. It's the year of the Mexican. Mexicans it's are taking over. The fucking it's just a matter of time. There's so many of them. It's the year of the fucking Mexican. But the way he took over was amazing. I couldn't call that in a million years. That's why you didn't see a Joey Karate video, because I really couldn't call that. But He's I tell a beast, you what, man. He fucked him up, dog. I would have lost a lot of money that, at that, that UFC. That dude's a psychological. You know who first told me about this? Well, I had heard good things about him. I had heard, like, this guy's really good. You know, this guy is uh, very talented. This guy uh, works really hard. This guy's very dedicated. But you hear that about a lot of guys. There's certain guys that stand out. Kane was always a guy that stood out. Like, you'd remember him. Like, people would talk about him. Like, before, like, when he had, like, his very first fight in the UFC. But um, Phil Baroni was talking to me, and uh, I think we were in Germany, and we were sitting around talking, and he was just going off about how good Kane is. He's like, he's the real fucking deal. He's the best in the world. He goes, I don't give that up for anybody because I, I watch him run through guys. He goes, I watch him never get tired. I watch him do these conditioning drills, and he's the last one to get tired. When guys like Josh Koscheck and welterweights, and he was like, you never see that. You never see a heavyweight that can go at the same pace as welterweights and beat them in, con- in conditioning and endurance drills. He's like, the guy never gets tired. He goes, it's incredible. He goes, he would get, like, you know, like him and, and, and Koscheck, you know, like both of them are in- incredibly well conditioned. And he would like do as much as Koscheck or more. That's insane. Like, you never hear about a 240 pound guy that's able to do that. You know, the 170 pound guys, I mean, that's where the, the real endurance is. You know, that's where the ability, like, 145 pound guys, those motherfuckers can go. Oh, they'll go for they years. They can go. For, uh, Frankie Edgar, psh, try slowing Shit. Frankie Edgar down. Good luck. Frankie Edgar could go for 20 rounds. If, if, if it was a fucking contest to see, like, Frankie Edgar is very difficult to catch. You might be able to beat him in a decision. Very difficult to grab a hold of. Very difficult to catch in a submission. I mean, he's fast as fuck. His footwork's good. His wrestling's good. If every fight was 25 rounds, Frankie Edgar might not ever lose, ever, for the rest of his life, until he decides to retire. If he just keeps <clears> going... Until one of you breaks, until one of you slows down, it's going to be you. <laughs> the motherfucker can just keep going. There's certain guys at that weight, but you never hear about that for 240, except Kane. Kane's the only guy I've ever heard about that as a heavyweight. I mean, you hear things about Brock Lesnar that he's a freak, like that his, like if you look at like his numbers, like his ability to like, I th- I don't remember what his combine numbers were. I have it on my computer Bro, somewhere. it don't matter. But they're insane he numbers. Got the fuck knocked out of him, so the combine numbers don't come into it. No, what That's I'm what saying people is. get confused about. <laughs> All those numbers go out the fucking window. They do. Let me tell you something. You know what, what AKA scene that I seen the first fight with Shane Carwin, bro, that really fucked me up. That it, did. it all comes to you right there. It all came to me as I was looking at them right before they're getting ready to go. I looked at my wife and I go, Kane Velasquez and then knock this motherfucker out. And I didn't think that till right there. Yeah. That's why I didn't do a video. And I thought about two things. A lot of people thought that. I thought that I thought that uh, I seen what Shane did to him. And and I think that this guy just said, I'm going to do what Shane did with endurance and just get him before the first round. Right. But then I seen some in the Shane Carlin fight that nobody fucking mentioned. Yeah. There's one part in the Shane Carlin fight when they're getting started where Shane Carlin hits him, and after he gets hit, he goes, 
That motherfucker never been hit before, bitch. That motherfucker, that, he thought this was a wrestling game. He ain't never been hit before. Did you know that? I didn't think about that. Think of an experienced fighter when he gets hit. He'll smile. He'll go like this. He went like this. Look at that first fight again when he fought Carwin. And that's when I said, ooh, they just, if AKA seen that, they said they seen something. He don't like getting hit. So Look I, at the fight again. What? Somebody posted something on the underground. They could have very well been trolling. I have no idea. But they What's said trolling? that trolling is just you, you post something that's not true to try okay. to get people to bite. And then people start arguing. This is bullshit. And then, you know, you laugh your ass off because you got a bunch of idiots arguing over nonsense. Do you know what trolling used to mean, by the way? No. It used to mean a guy that w- chased after other men. Really? Yeah, because... Uh, when was that? Uh, I Online? Don't know. Online? I, I got in trouble with uh, the animal pet or Los Angeles... Uh, pet police or whatever they're called. What? You got there's pet police and somehow they got in trouble. What are they called? You, know, you got in trouble with the pet control. police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Control. Uh, animal, animal control. control. Yeah, animal control. What Remember, happened? Because people on the internet, like outlaw and all these people, uh, were telling this poor girl on MySpace that I like tortured cats or something like that. Oh, and, that's right, right. right. So you had made a, a fake video or something. Yeah, like that? Yeah, I made a fake video where I had a cat in a refrigerator and I used to. I was like, I keep it in the freezer and stuff like that. <laughs> right. But anyways, uh, so they called animal control troll at me and i had to explain to this guy that i was trolling or they were trolling people on the internet and he goes trolling and then he's like yeah and he goes what's trolling me and i'm like you know like joking or kidding he goes oh well that meant something out something else went back in my yeah, day you, oh okay. talk about i see shit. i see I what you're saying but way before the internet way before the internet yeah we're talking about she was trolling i'm like what the fuck yeah. are you talking well about? trolling is like a, a lot of people up. a lot of dudes will pretend to be girls and they'll get dudes to bite so that you know, like, and then they'll get dudes to say some ridiculous shit, and then at the end they're like, ah, "I'm a dude, you faggot! <laughs> <laughs> no one's coming to your house to suck your dick." <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot of that. And Doug uh, Stanhope did a whole bunch of trolling against with pedophiles. He would uh, do it. There was a thing called baiting.org. I don't know if it's still around. Yeah, I think Doug wrote think a book about it. I think he's got a book, uh, oh, really? doesn't he? I, th- I think they were doing a book, or he has a book. I'm not sure, but I know there's a lot of his blogs that are still available. You can find them online. If you just go to DougStanhope.com, I'm sure everything is there. Mm-hmm. But he uh, had this whole thing where he would pretend to be little kids, and he would troll pedophiles. That's and hilarious. then he would post it all online. Like, <laughs> so what were they trolling pre- about Cain pre- Velasquez? Oh, you said that somebody was trolling something. Oh, about oh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. What they were saying was that um, no one was allowed to punch him in the face during training. I'm camp. telling you, dog. That dude has never been lit up all his life. He's always been the fucking biggest guy what in the room. The, what about so this? So nobody's ever said to him, come on, cocksucker, let's get it on. Do you think it's possible that um, all the pro wrestling that he did and you know playing football for a little bit that he did too, do you think maybe he suffered a bunch of concussions? No, bro. He don't, don't like think so? Some people have never been hit because they've always intimidated people. This motherfucker took it to him. I really don't think he's coming back. I think his ego got busted up like your boy against Trinidad against Bernard Hopkins. I really? don't think so. He's too egotistical. There's ego and there's confidence. Well, you know, he came, came, last he came back. Fucking confident. I, don't, I don't know about that because he came back better and stronger after Frank Mir tapped him. But that was a leg lock. That wasn't a punch to the fucking face, bro. It's true. Big fucking difference when you get punched in the fucking face twice and when they cut you and you got to see that every time you shave. Yeah. You see that every time you well, shave. I that don't Mexican think, fucking I don't think he's going to beat that guy. I don't think he's going to beat that guy. I think the gap is too big. What I think about when I when I see that guy, what I see when I see the two of them, the way they performed when they were fighting each other, I saw one guy who was like this unbelievably strong, powerful, fast guy, but he didn't know exactly what, what to, to do, do with his right. body. He didn't know exactly how to handle situations. He didn't know how to do the right thing. And the other dude, who maybe not as strong as him, but 
pretty fucking strong and has real good technique. Everything he does perfect. Right. Everything he does is smart. All his footwork is smart. He can go at that same pace and keep going. He's not exploding a shitload of energy that he can't recover from. He's like he paced himself better. He handled it more professionally. It's like one guy's a black belt. I'm looking at a, a black belt in MMA and Cain Velasquez, like a master. And in Brock, I'm looking at this super powerful purple belt. You know, this this just ridiculously powerful guy who can get away with a lot of shit if you don't have perfect technique. You you really won't be able to stop him. But a guy like Kane has perfect technique. That's the difference. Listen, I think that the next guy they're going to put him up against, which is what's online, is Frank Mir. No, no, no. Oh, really? uh, Brock. Brock. I thought you were right. saying Kane. And I'll tell you what, I think Frank Mir will take it to him now because now Woo. Frank Mir will know what to attack. Yeah. Straight at him, throw a bunch of fucking punches, and punch him in the face. And listen, yeah. I, when I was a kid, I grew up in North Bergen. We played all the fucking, I hate to say this, we played all the, uh, the black schools. We're group four. You play Passaic, you play Patterson Eastside. These are fucking schools, Jack. You don't go in there and just talk, hi, how are you about Chad? There ain't no Chad at these fucking schools. And the coaches would tell us, bro, the first play of the game, fire out <laughs> like your fucking asshole's on fire. And then you establish that, and you'll see that they back off a little bit. And that's why I think it's going to happen to Brock. Everybody's seen that. If you're a great fighter, you've seen that. Carwin had him in a way, dog. Carwin, oh, Carwin had him in a big way. And had him. Carwin had him. And, uh, no question. I, don't, I think that he never been hit. I think he's never been fucking lit up. Bro. Well, uh, well, he is sparring with people, though. There's video nah, of him think sparring they, I with think, people. Oh, he's too big. He's Brock Lesnar. You think they just take so, it easy on him? I got my nose broken in the sixth grade. It still hurts. It still fucking hurts, all right? It still hurts. My nose, and I didn't know for years because I was doing coke. <laughs> for years, I thought I was doing coke because I had pain in, in my heart. or I was, I was doing coke from the fucking pain in my nose. I had my nose busted three Wait, times. Man, you weren't doing one coke time, for the pain in your nose. One time with a you fucking coke because you like coke. That's right. Get the fuck out one of time here. with a fucking police thing over here. Let me tell you something. That's the newest, the last two latest years, theory. The last two years, my fucking nose has been hurt. And I kept really? Saying, what is that pain from? It's from fucking getting your nose broken. It's I knew in the sixth grade I was never going to be a fucking fighter it's totally unrelated to all that coke now, i know there's a joke you fuck <laughs> it's a joke you fucking momo what i'm saying is though that it's so weird that the last two years my nose has really been fucking hurting and i never hit it by mistake and nothing lately but i remembered when i broke it the pain i had that when you fucking break it let me tell you something he got a cut in his eye he had a bloody nose yeah. the worst thing about having your nose broken is if you have your nose broken seven out of ten times they busted your upper lip too so you got snotty blood you're tasting and salty blood fucking from your mouth you remember that taste for the rest of your fucking life i don't give a fuck who you are and that's not a fucking good taste that taste always equivalizes to something that ain't good man i've been my, my nose has been fucking broken jack and i tell you what it hurts and he got fucking beat up the other night he got beat up dog i didn't that last punch when he got he got that on the floor i've watched that end 10 times already he got that on the fucking floor he got hit I don't think he's coming back like that. I think that fuck with him. He's a big Viking, ego, fucking shit. Somebody took it to you, motherfucker. It's a different game now. You get humble, and he may come back strong, but he's going to let people punch him in the fucking face now. Watch mm. that Carwin fight when it's on next time. Watch it again on your computer, and you'll see what I'm talking about. That nobody mentioned. Nobody mentioned it at all. He got hit one time. People did mention it. A lot of people he thought the hit, way he cowered was. And he fucking, yeah. he went, ee! That means he's never been hit before. That's yeah. what that means, Jack. Hmm. Um, I don't know about that, man. Never been I think, hit you know, it's kind of a, it's an interesting thing because he was such a huge draw. You know, and, and still is such a huge draw because of pro wrestling and everything like that, that he was like rushed right into the big leagues right away. Like if really if you wanted to be smart with a guy like that and you wanted to really build him up correctly, 
you know, you wouldn't just do that with him. You would slowly work him in and then have him fight for the title once the demand was through the fucking roof. But they just they had that perfect fight with him and Randy Couture. It was such a perfect promotional fight. You know, one of the greatest ever fucking Hall of Famer fighting this new, big, young, crazy dude. And holy shit, can he beat him? But really, Randy was, you know, I mean, he was the heavyweight champion, but, you know, he was 45, I think, at the time. And it's like, you know, so it's past his prime to be fighting a guy that's this big and this athletic and this crazy. So all of a sudden, Brock beats him. And now Brock is just at the top <coughs> of the heap with all these ferocious lions who have been doing MMA for 10 years nipping at his heels. That's a there's a big goddamn gap there, you know. There's a few guys there that have a big ass gap, you know. And Kane's one of them. His the, his full MMA game is at a way higher level. The time that he's put in, the the way he picks things up, he's just everything he does is perfect. He's a baby, ain't he? Twenty six yeah. or something, something like that. He's yeah. a fucking baby. Yeah, he's a baby. So all you heavyweight motherfuckers. You better start dropping down to 205 and shit. Yeah. It's going to be scary for a while. Good luck with all that. And I just want to tell people that when I don't make a Joey Karate video sometimes, it's like sometimes Eddie's out of town. But the other times is that I'm fucking stumped and I don't want to give you bad info. I was going to go with Brock. I would have gone with Brock. I would have gone with Martin Campman. And, yeah. I would, and, and psh, Matt well, Hamill I, I was Martin the was lock of the year. Let me tell you something. Anytime Tito fights, when you bet against and I love Tito to death. I was one of his biggest fucking fans. But every time he fights now, I just bet against him, dog. That's his easy fucking lock right there. And I hate to say this, but mm. it's true. If I had $10,000, I would have bet it on fucking Matt Hamill. That's a no-brainer anymore. And, and Sam Stout. You could always bet Sam Stout. I, I'm not going to sit there and be Houdini. That was gonna a win great Brock fight, against man. whatever. Sam Stout is always fucking good. There's a casino that always got a line on Sam Stout. Those <laughs> motherfuckers always come down. Those guys play to win, Sam Stout. He just don't hit too fucking hard. He hits hard as fuck. Sam Stout hits very hard. He's just fighting really good guys. You know, I mean, that dude, he fought Paul Taylor. That guy's that a guy's motherfucker. A motherfucker, He's Paul a motherfucker. Taylor. That was a great fight, hey, man. Can the kids hear me yelling and screaming? Yeah, they can hear you. All right, that's all right. Sorry. It's all right. I'm sure they've been swept. They away. know it's their Uncle Joey that's fucking crazy. That's Uncle Joey. That uh, Campman Shields fight, man. Campman could have won that fight. A lot of people thought that I was uh, hyping up Shields and, and uh, that I wasn't talking enough about Campman. I think, you know, I'm a big Campman fan. That's bullshit. And you Campman and I were is, talking about Campman at dinner yeah. Friday night. I said to you, he ain't no joke. He's from 10th Tennessee. <laughs> Because I, I see yeah. him with Mike Pyle, he talks right. different. Mike, I like, I, bro. I love. Mike. He's from Campbell. Denmark, bro. I yeah. know. I don't know yeah. these things. You know. He's a bad motherfucker. I think he's a bad think motherfucker. He fought, he fought the wrong fight in that fight, but he could have won that fight. He could have won it. Bro. Jake Shields was exhausted, man. He had cut twenty pounds in a day to get down to one seventy. Because you know he had been fighting at one eighty five in strike yeah. force, and he put on some realize muscle. You said that during the broadcast. Put on some muscle, man. He had a real hard time making that one seventy. A real hard time. He was dead in the water and. Campman just didn't quite. I was, you know, I was really thinking that Campman was going to pull that off. You know, I didn't want to say it. You know, I didn't want to say before the fight, but when I saw what shape Jake was in the the, the weigh-ins right before he weighed on, I was like, this guy looks like he has AIDS. Like he looks like he's dehydrated. He looks like he's yeah, he dead. Look he looked terrible, bro. I was shocked. Like he looked so terrible that I saw him and I shook his hand. I was like, whoa. Like there's some guys that look. The worst I ever saw was Travis Luter. When Travis Luter was going to fight Anderson Silva. Yeah. 
listen, man, I, he weighed in twice. I was there for the first weight in. He looked terrible. He had dry, chapped lips. He was gaunt. He was sucked in. And then he didn't make weight. And so he had another hour, I think, or two hours to make weight. Well, he tried to make weight another 45 minutes. And then he shuffled over to the scale. He couldn't walk, bro. He couldn't walk. Like, the, Jake had to walk upstairs to get to where the, the, where the stairs was. And you could see him. Like, as he was walking upstairs, it was like, it was awkward. It was awkward watching him walk. That's how exhausted he was. And then he got on the scale. Nothing like, like what's his face? Like uh, Travis Luter. Travis Luter looked like he was dead. He looked like a zombie, bro. He looked like a dead man that was walking. He was, looked like a guy who had been poisoned. And 24 hours after that, he was supposed to be fighting the baddest motherfucker on the planet in Anderson Silva. In 24 hours. And he walks over and he still can't make weight. He's still like a pound and a half off. There's no way he can lose it. He's just fucked. He just just calculated it wrong, or you know, he didn't lose enough fat, or he didn't stick to his diet. He should have gone to Weight Watchers. Tell him, Brian. Mm. <laughs> should have counted those fucking counted points. points. These guys are they're they're just they're got it down to science. They're oh, cutting science, so much bro. fucking yeah, weight. They're cutting twenty pounds. Thing. You know, a lot of them are cutting twenty pounds, and they do it slowly. One of the di- uh, Donggi Yang, a Korean dude who uh, fought on the card, he, he lost to Chris Kamosi, very very close and controversial decision. A lot of people thought that he should have won, but he was at. Legends on Monday cutting weight on Monday on Monday and the fight the weigh-ins not until Friday but he was at Legends cutting weight already on Monday so that motherfucker's losing like probably he's probably losing twenty pounds and he's doing it over a course of like five days because yeah, yeah. he looked huge when he got into the cage just a giant muscle bound dude you know it's just these guys have it down to a science how to dehydrate yourself and then come back. So that was if Campman had a time, that was his time, man. He could have he could have won that fight, especially if he pushed away and just started firing on him in the third round. I mean, Campman's a badass, badass striker. Man. His fucking striking is clean, man. If you look at that Paul Tiago fight, that's a beautiful representation of his skills because Paul Tiago is like this really rough and tumble bad motherfucker, and he's got dynamite in his hands. Knocked out Josh Koscheck, and Martin Campman just picks him apart, dude. Picks him apart standing, using his jab and leg kicks and just angles, like everything. I mean, Paulo just got like outclassed in the feet. He's swinging these wild... I mean, if they hit you, you're fucked. Yeah. He's swinging some sledgehammers, but he ain't even getting close to hitting Campman. And I was like, man, Campman skills are so much better than Jake Shields as a kickboxer. I just don't know why he was trying to engage him in grappling. You know, he came close a couple times. Like, I was like, maybe he's going to prove me wrong. It looks like he locked up a couple of chokes almost. He almost got it, but that motherfucker is so hard to tap. Jake Shields is so hard to tap. Mayhem almost got him. Mayhem had his back yes, and had it fully locked in. Mayhem almost got him, but Mayhem's big. Mayhem's big as fuck. You know, Mayhem is a big 185er, and he's strong, and his jiu-jitsu is very, very underrated. You know, I've had two guys that I rolled with just ran right through me. Mayhem and Jake Shields, both of them. <clears throat> both those guys where I felt like I was helpless. Like, nothing I could do with them. They're just too, too goddamn strong. Jake Shields is a, a badass wrestler. He's it's a, just his grappling and his jujitsu is just his technique is awesome and he's strong as shit. He knows what the fuck he's doing. And I'm like, Campman has a disadvantage there. I wonder why he's like engaging this dude. And if Jake wasn't like really beat down, I mean, the fact that Jake was beat down like that and he was still able to get takedowns and still able to reverse position and mount him and, and get in some dominant spots on him shows you how badass his grappling is. But Campman's kickboxing is like. 
like if Jake Shields is like a purple belt, Campman's a fucking straight black belt in stand up. His stand up is crisp, man. He does everything good, everything perfect. The way he moves, his footwork. There's a big gap between him and Jake Shields. Jake Shields is like plod, punch, punch, kick. His ki- his body kicks pretty good on his left side. He throws good body kicks. He'll throw some good leg kicks too. But really, he's just trying to get the clinch and take your ass down. And if he's too tired to do that, like in the, the that, that round with the third round with Campman and Shields, I thought Campman was going to move away. I thought, why would he grapple with him in this round? This is the round where he could jack him. Cameron's one of those dudes, though, that like he's just like just outside the very, very best. But he, you could see him like launch into the very best, like with any one big performance. You know what I'm saying? Like he's one of those guys, like like Carlos Condit. Like Carlos Condit just leaped into one of the very best when he knocked out Dan Hardy. Unbelievable. When he knocked out Dan Hardy, I was like, okay, this motherfucker. You know, like everyone knew he was a badass. Everyone knew he had that real close fight with Campman, which was a fucking incredible war. And then the real close fight with Jake Ellenberger, another fucking animal. animal. Ellenberger's a beast. So you knew that Carlos Condit was a bad motherfucker, but when he knocked out Dan Hardy, it was like, okay, this dude is, not only is he a bad motherfucker, but he's like getting better all the time. He's like hitting new levels. He's training with John Jones like every day. He's a bad motherfucker. Fuck That's yeah, another tape I didn't make because, you know, I would have done it with Eddie. And I yeah, you can't Eddie, tell the truth. I, I, I couldn't have told the truth. <laughs> I couldn't have said that. I like, listen, I love Dan Hardy. I think Dan Hardy's talented as shit. But Carlos Conduit, I think, showed me something. That, was it Jake Ellenberg when he was getting beat up for the first two rounds? Yes. And then Came back. Jackson said shit to him. Uh-huh. And he went in there and hit him with a fucking Anderson Silva-type elbow from the inside. I was like, that kid's got balls. He's got mad balls. He's got I, mad I, balls, I, Carlos I'm a huge Conduit. Carlos Conduit I would hate fan. to mix in an alley with that motherfucker because yeah. he might turn the lights out on you permanently. He's the type of guy that might turn them out on you permanently. He's a bad motherfucker. Something about and him scares the shit out He's getting out. better. Yes, he he's is. He's getting better. Well, he's down in the one of the best camps in the fucking world. Yeah, you know? yeah. Those guys don't fuck around, man. And that Trevor Whitman, man, he that guy is a very good striking yes, coach. Yes, he is. He's a doing sweet some, guy. Yeah, I want to give him a shout out. He's a fucking good yeah. guy, Trevor and, Whitman. And the, he's a he's a bad motherfucker. I know he works with him. And then uh, also, um, fuck, what is his Spencer name? Spencer Pratt. No, shut up, man. <laughs> the fuck up, man. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry, princess. Um, uh, I feel like an asshole for not remembering the guy's name. Which one? The guy who's the the main guy at Jackson's. That's the uh, main striking trainer because he's a great guy. Trevor Whitman's the guy who's at at Grudge. Grudge is in Denver, correct? Yeah. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to Google this real quick because I got to give that guy's props because he's doing an awesome job too. Hey, I want to give a prop to my man Ali Boz, whatever your name is from Australia on Twitter, always sending me love and shit, looking out for all of us here, Red Band and Joe. And who's who's that? Oh, that's that's. I didn't know what Joe was looking at that. You put somebody up. Red Band, what's the matter with you? You look all fucking asleep here. What's going on? No, I'm just listening. You know, I thought Jake Shields lost that. I thought Jake Shields lost it too. I thought for sure. I was pulling for Campman with everything I had because, and I love Jake Shields, but me too. Campman's just this guy that he's right there. You know. Do you remember hanging out with Mike Wigglejohn? Thank you. Sorry, Mike. Mike. I'm a douchebag. I I smoked too much weed. I forgot his name, but he's a he's a, a great striking coach. He's you know what I was really impressed with with Carlos Condit in that fight with Dan Hardy was the technique that he threw that left hook with. If you look at the both guys throw the punch at the exact same time, really, but Carlos was was perfect. Carlos's was instead of coming wide, he came he came like with a perfect angle to the punch, and it was perfect accuracy. And his other hand was up. You know he he did it with perfect technique, and he nailed him. He caught him in the exchange, and that's like a, a perfect lesson for people to learn. 
keep saying perfect. But if you if <laughs> that's yes. one of the most important things is to concentrate on technique. Yeah, you can knock guys out with crazy wild loopy shit. You can. You can knock guys out with haymakers where your fucking chin is down and your hands are up. If you connect, you can knock them out. But that's not the best way to do it. The best way to do it is to use the proper technique because if you do that, you have more of a chance of knocking them out. If you have big power and you're fast, you can get away with some goofy shit. Like Roy Jones did when he was in his prime. But look what happened to Roy Jones once he started to slow down. When he didn't have that crazy athleticism, all of a sudden he couldn't pull off what he could. But Bernard Hopkins still can. Bernard Hopkins has perfect technique. If Bernard Hopkins had the athleticism of Roy Jones Jr., I mean, maybe that's why Bernard Hopkins is Bernard Hopkins. It's like maybe, you know, like jujitsu guys, they always say the best jujitsu guys are the guys that aren't physically strong because they can't pull off anything else unless they have perfect technique, you know, because it's all the leverage and technique. I'm sorry. Say that are not strong. Really? But yeah, the most technical guys are the guys that aren't physically strong. The most technical guys, if you want to learn jiu-jitsu, you always want to learn from a small guy. Because big guys have like kimuras and guillotines. They do a lot of like power jiu-jitsu. They do a lot of things that you can only get away with if you're really strong. Whereas a small guy has no options other than use perfect leverage and perfect technique. Hmm. Yeah. So you, you should learn. You're, you're better off. You're a bad motherfucker. You know that? <laughs> when are you going to open up your little kung fu fucking school cocksucker? I don't want to teach anybody, man. I don't like teaching. You know, it's funny because- I teach my uh, daughter. Do you really? The sure. Older one? Yeah. yeah. I know you were doing kickboxing I, I teach, years you know, ago. I've, I've taught friends and shit, but it's, uh, you know, the, the thing about, you know, if you want to, like, be a coach, like a Winklejohn or like a Trevor Whitman, man, that's your life, dude. That's you're your you're life, dedicating yeah. yourself to, to these guys and to their progress, and it's a very fascinating thing, but you got to be willing to dedicate 100%. That's the reason why I quit teaching Taekwondo is because I started doing stand-up comedy, and I realized that I was not going to be giving this 100% of my time anymore. And I had a bunch of guys that I was leading in tournaments, and even though I had stopped fighting Taekwondo tournaments and I was doing kickboxing, I was still teaching at a Taekwondo school, and I was still leading people in tournaments. And so I would have these kids that I'd coached, and I'd bring them to like these beginner tournaments, and I, I was dedicating a lot of time to it. And I had a lot of people that had like 10 guys that were like really competitive, and a girl who was really competitive, and she was really good. And I spent a lot of time with them, like many, many hours every week you know like at least three nights four nights a week at least two hours a night just dedicated to training with these kids and working with them and i knew that once i started doing comedy and i needed my i couldn't be there at nighttime because i had to go to do a gig in connecticut or i couldn't be there and i'd have somebody else teaching it for me i'm like they're not going to do it the way i do it right. and this is not going to be the same thing and this is not it's not fair and i don't want to half-ass it and i don't want to feel shitty about that the one thing that made me feel good about my life ever was martial arts so i was like i can't not do this i can't fuck this up because i i have to quit i can't like do a shit job at this i can't do a shit job at teaching because to me it was like one of the the the, the defining moments in my life that i wasn't a loser like when i was teaching taekwondo at boston university i was like i'm teaching at a like a university like i'm like an expert at something and i'm teaching people that want to learn this how to use it it's like one of the first times in my life i felt like i was worth something you know so like, there's no way i could fuck this up so i just quit I just quit teaching. And that's how I feel like right, right now. Like, you know, I get interested in, in strategy and I, I get interested when I see guys fight uh, what, uh, what I think is a very unintelligent fight and they don't have the proper coaching. They don't have someone who's like really mapped out a game plan. A lot of these dudes are really good. And because they're really good, they know what they can do and they know what they want to do. And they sort of like plot out their own plan in a fight, which is all well and good. But sometimes you need someone who's also really good, also has a really good knowledge of this, and is outside of it looking in. 
Because someone who's outside, like a Greg Jackson, who's looking in, there's one of the reasons why, you know, like like uh, Dave Camarillo and Bob Cook, they're outside, they see the whole thing, and they're very intelligent, and they're very immersed in the game. Like Bob Cook and Dave Camarillo, they break down fighters. They spend time. They go over tapes. They analyze shit. And when it comes down to a fight, they've got a very intelligent strategy. And if you listen to that strategy and you follow that game plan, you're, you have a very good Absolutely. chance of winning. You know, there's going to be variations. Shit's going to happen. You're going to have to make adjustments. But of course you do. That's part of the game. You know, there's going to be shit happens. Okay, you can't take him down. Listen, you got to kick that motherfucker's legs. Okay, if you can't kick him down, and he wants to stand up with you. He's he's open for that inside leg kick. And then you have to have a you know here's plan B. Okay, now we're here. Okay, you 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 think you broke your foot? Okay, stop throwing kicks. This is what you're gonna do. You're gonna you're gonna bait him. You're gonna get him into exchange and fire off the left hook. He's open for a left hook. You know what I'm saying? Like they have this all thought out. They have it thought out. Like but they have the diet thought out. Yep, they have everything. Fourteen week plan. Everything. I mean, it's amazing how this. So much more yeah. into this than what you would think. You, you need think you're fucking rocky. You're just gonna drink three no. eggs and run and go hit the bag. You know, you have jujitsu, you have your strength and conditioning. It's amazing how you know what I noticed, and, and I don't know if you know this, I'm gonna start doing a column for pro MMA, Jack. Oh yeah? Yeah, once a week or once a month. Right. Just, just writing something. And it's weird. He goes, What's your first column gonna be about? And and I and I noticed that the last two years, every time I've gone to an MMA event with you. Somebody else in the UFC division is losing weight. They're trying to get healthy. And this last time I went to Austin, you got Burt. Uh-huh. Black Burt lost right. 50, 60 pounds. Right. Our friend's mom lost a bunch of weight. She right. looks great now. And I seen another guy. And then we have our buddy, Deep Pasquale, who we've both He's been beating weight. up. Yeah. He's beat because of the sleep apnea. Sleep apnea, yeah. It's so weird how MMA affects some people. Like, I was sick and tired of going to those fights. A really fat fuck when you see all those people in shape. And, and then when I went to this last UFC, I, heard, I even seen that they put two different tables out. Like they put tables with cookies and cakes. Then they had tables with like healthy snacks. And it's so weird. Like these people, when you're around this, this is what MMA has done for me. I'm not a fighter and I don't want to do jujitsu or nothing. But being around those guys, you're like, fuck, I got to be healthy. Whenever I watch those UFC, uh, you know, 24 sevens, whatever they are, like. Yeah, I uh, think it definitely inspires people. It inspires people. And every shape, time, I, every time I go to a UFC event, Somebody else is on a diet, or somebody else is getting healthy, or somebody else is eating healthy. And that's what I've seen from MMA. And it started with me, that Ultimate Fighter, the year Tate was on it, the, the, the kid that lost 100-something pounds from doing jiu-jitsu. He's not in the UFC no more. But he talked about it. He goes, you know, even if I just final in this, at least people will lose weight and try this. Hmm. I forget what his name was. He, he had like a mohawk and a kid, and he... Really push love for the kid. He made it to Oh, the, Todd Hayes. Yeah. He was yeah. he lost like 130 pounds yeah, or he's, something. He's a bad motherfucker. So, so, no, 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 no. Not Todd Hayes. No, no, no. Isn't it Josh shit? Josh Hayes? I was gonna talk to you about Josh that. Bring the Pain Hayes. What the fuck? He is had his a name? kid and he had a mohawk with like blonde hair on it. He had and he really loved his wife. He seemed like yeah. a really sincere guy. Yeah. He lost a shitload a of weight. A shitload of weight. And it's amazing how every time I go to a UFC event now, somebody else is on a diet. Somebody's yeah. drinking water. Josh Haynes. Josh, Josh Haynes. bring the pain Haynes. And Sorry, it's, Josh. It's, it's amazing how it's rubbed off on some people. Yeah, he was on the same season as Tate. Yeah, on the Tate. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He was on there with Tate. That's why it was uh, weird how every time I go, I see somebody and it's just inspiring to me. You know, I don't know. Yeah, man, I think uh, that's one of the things that I would be interested in doing outside of uh, doing comedy, outside of uh, like of all the stuff that I get fascinated by, pool and all. That was that is one thing that I would get interested in doing: opening up a gym, training fighters. But and you know, just being like sort of a Greg Jackson type of guy, having ideas and strategies and helping you know people through. But that would have to be something that I'm a hundred percent dedicated. You can't fuck around with that and half-ass that, man. 
that's not something to half-ass. That's you know you're you you're taking people who have a limited window in the sport. You know, a, a fighter can fight from the time they're 18 till they're you know most guys 38, 48. You know, 48 if you're Randy, 38 if you're a normal human. You know, so it's the, yeah, the only if, if you know that's that's it. You got 20 years, and during that time, if you're really into a bunch of wars, cut that time down substantially. Yeah. Anytime you have a big war, anytime you have a crazy, if that's your style, you know, you want to Vandalay Silva it like like Vandalay used to do in the, the early days well no matter what you're, you're it's going to shorten your career a bit you're not going to be 48 years old fighting like that that's a different kind of style well, i remember one thing that you've always talked about that is very you see it in you shut this fridge off this shit's loud it's the gyms that have the gym wars the camps where they have gym wars yeah you could see those guys that yeah they're a little seasoned and stuff but they've been hitting the head a couple more times than regular regular guys and you can really those gym wars are the ones that really kill you. I yeah, think. you have to have guys that you're training with that you trust, and you have to be careful not to hurt each other. You know, guys hurt each other sometimes. You know, it's just it's a, by accident or just because they're training hard. I mean, that's just an, a part of the game. But you got to be careful with uh, just gyms where they just basically fight every week. Like every week you're fighting. Every week, two, three times a week, you guys are blasting each other. You know, you're fighting. You basically get in, and then one good thing about it is you get used to fighting. You get used to getting tagged. You get used to being in there in the pocket. You're going to be a tough motherfucker to get in the the cage with because this shit is going down in your life every day. You're used to it. You're used to full blast blows. But on the other side, you know, you can only do that for so long. If you do that in, and take big, big shots all the time on a regular basis, your your career gets shortened substantially. Your brain is only set up, you know, to take a certain amount of abuse before there's just way too much damage. And all the stuff they're finding out now about football players, you know, when they're 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 examining their brains you after they that die. Special, I told you about the Luke yeah. Getty one. Oh it yeah, very amazing. Yeah, Eddie Eddie told me about that too. It was very intricate. That special. <laughs> Fucking scary shit, man. I watched the other one where it was that football player. Um, I believe he played for Harvard. Uh, in college, and then after college, he became a pro wrestler, and he suffered a, a gang of concussions. And this is one of the reasons why I brought up the Brock Lesnar situation, because those guys suffer a lot of concussions, a lot. They get they take a lot of hard shots. There's a video of Brock Lesnar where Brock Lesnar is on top of the third rope. I don't know who he was wrestling against, but he was on top of the third rope, and he jumps up through the air and does like a fucking three uh, like a flip, but miscalculates and lands on his head. Dude, he's 300 pounds, okay? And he throws himself through the air, flips, and lands on his head. He should be dead. He should be dead. You got to see the video. Here's the video. If you watch the video, any normal person would be dead. Watch this shit. Watch this shit. We're watching on YouTube. Watch this. Dude, he landed on his head. He landed on his fucking head. Yeah. He completely miscalculated the jump. Completely, and he landed on his head and still finished the pin. I'll retweet the link on my Twitter. Right his now. brains. You want to talk scrambled eggs? His brains should be a, a small half cup of oatmeal in the bottom of an empty bowl. <laughs> they should be dead. It should have crushed his whole brain. I mean, uh, for me, if that was me or you, and we did that, we'd be dead. Totally. But that guy's fine. <laughs> 
That's why I said, like, if that happened during this one that we saw, how many times did he accidentally bang his head other times? I mean, they're, they're, these guys are gigantic dudes, and they're throwing each other. I mean, people don't realize the abuse that people's bodies take on pro wrestling. The reason why a lot of those guys get hooked on painkillers, pro wrestling is one of the most difficult things to do in all of show business, even in all of sports. Even though it's not really a sport, I mean, per se, I mean, there's predetermined outcomes. It still requires an incredible amount of athleticism, an incredible amount of work. These guys are on the road like every night. They're on the road several nights a week performing shows, throwing each other through the air. They have to come up with new, more spectacular moves to satisfy people. That's why they're jumping off ropes. They're jumping off the top of the fucking cage, and they're flipping and doing this. And you grab my ankles, and I'm going to throw you through the air, and then you land on your back, and then I jump through my air, and I flip, and I land on you. They fucking bonk heads and shit all the time. These guys are getting knocked the fuck out in practice. What do you do? Well, put some ice on it and see tomorrow. And tomorrow, you better get your fucking moves down if you want to keep your WWE contract. Didn't he also play football, too? Yeah, yeah, he played. um, I think he tried out for the Vikings. Tried out for the Vikings. Listen to his numbers, because this is where it gets really crazy, okay? I mean, yeah, Brock is not like the best MMA fighter. He does not have the best striking technique. He does not have the best jujitsu. But when you... Talk about just a freak athlete. His 40-yard sprint, 4.6 seconds. 225-pound bench press, he can do 43 reps. His vertical jump, 35 inches. His broad jump, 10 fucking feet. 10 feet. Do you imagine? A th- this is at 300 pounds, 310 pounds. Do you imagine a fucking guy, 310 pounds, throwing himself 10 feet through the air? And he still couldn't stop that punch. With still fucking. couldn't stop Kane. So what the fuck? Technique. What are we talking about here? Well, so he could jump up and down and no, shit. No, no, listen, man. The, the ability the to move your body. The guy four and he goes down. I mean, how long? That's the, the ability about, to move see, your body. You keep saying that in the broadcast about how good he moves. Mm-hmm. When all those fucking football players move like Yeah. When you see an offensive fucking lineman, when you see an offensive lineman, they're six oh, foot yeah. six, 290. Super athletes. And these motherfuckers, they're all like that. Could you imagine if a Michael Vick wanted to get into MMA? Amazing. How bad he would fuck people up? Amazing. Oh, if, he, if a guy like that, that level of athlete dedicated himself. I mean, amazing. there are guys like that. There's amazing. a few. Yeah, amazing. you know, there's a few that are in there now. But these those super athletes, like a Michael Jordan, you know, if a Michael Jordan decided to, from the time he was, well, a he small had to child, bet on himself to beat you. <laughs> He'd have to bet on himself. He probably to beat would. You. Though Michael Jordan he, would love that. He shit. would fight. Listen, because his wife could bet for him. He could I'll go to put, Vegas, and if he was fighting, he and he's like, th- put everything on he me. Had a thousand people betting for him. That motherfucker, if he, I, he would beat Liddell if he bet on himself. Because he, he would. He hit Liddell with a chair. Dude, he, he was strength. He such an athlete. Competitive Do you remember how he would, fu- when he was the first guy that would literally fly through the fucking air, slamming in dunks, where you would see it on the highlight reels on like ESPN, you would see it on the news, and people would just be standing there shaking their head going, how the fuck can he do that? He was flying with his tongue out, flying through the air, smashing that ball through there. I mean, I didn't even follow basketball, and all I saw was that dude doing these superhuman feats of athleticism. If that guy decides, can you imagine that flying knee Jordan can hit you with? Jesus Christ. Could you imagine the flying double knee, like a fucking Jose Aldo style that Michael Jordan could hit you with? If Michael Jordan dedicated his time to that instead of basketball. God damn, he'd be a bad motherfucker. Those guys are coming, man. Those guys are coming. Those that's the next wave of MMA. The next wave of MMA is those super athletes. Bill Davis. Davis, Yeah. uh, John Jones. I mean John Jones. Even Lesnar. Even Lesnar. Look, he doesn't know the game yet. He's relatively inexperienced. He's only had six fights, seven fights. 
You know, that's not that many, man. That's not that's not, not enough to be fighting. What is he got? He fought the the Korean gentleman in his UFC debut. Then he fought uh, Frank Mir and got leg blocked. And then he fought uh, Keith Herring and, and beat Frank, him on decision. Then he Mir. fought uh, Randy, Randy and he beat Randy and got the title. <laughs> and then he fought Frank Mir. Frank Mir again. That's five. And then he fought. Carwin, is it just six? Carwin, and then he fought six, eight. seven, and that's eight. seven, eight, eight. Is it really? I counted seven. Either way, it's relatively, relatively inexperienced and right away thrust into the, the, the deep end well, of the pool. Into the, fucking the guy as an NCAA national champion had some serious technique. There's no way you become a champion wrestler if you're just strong because those guys are just strong too. I mean, you have to have some serious technique. So he's, he can learn. He just has to be brought up correctly. Some, what he really, really should have done with him, it's hard with heavyweights, though, because there's not as many guys that are willing to fight a guy like that. You know, when you're coming up, like, who the fuck's going to fight him in the king of the cage? What's he going to learn out of that? You know what I mean? He's got to be tested somehow. So there's like a weird middle ground. Like, you got to get him in Bellator. You know what I'm saying? You got to get him to fight guys that are just a hair under Strike Force level. Just a hair. Well, Strike Force and UFC right now, they're pretty close with Alistar. Alistar and Fedor. And, you know, Verdum's capable of beating anybody if he gets him in the right position. There's, and Josh Barnett, he's a dangerous motherfucker. There's some dangerous guys. Antonio Da Silva, he's not quite the same level as the UFC. But I think that, like, when a guy comes up that's got that much potential, like a Brock Lesnar, like, like you know, it's like you, you gotta you gotta make sure that you take the most advantage out of these physical gifts. You know, you gotta bring them up the right way, or just throw them in like they did, man. But like they did, they made a ton of money. I mean, everybody made a ton of money. But I just but feel like the money they're about to make now with the fucking Mexicans is off the chart, Jack. Yeah, they just opened up that UFC Latino with the pay per view. This is per, and they're already when is it? When are they fighting Super Bowl Sunday and New Year's? They're putting fucking Dos Santos and this guy up quick, Jack. Are they really? Oh yeah, this is either going to be Christmas or or fucking. This is either going to be it'll New Year's. Either be New Year's or, or it'll Bowl. be Super Bowl weekend. Super Bowl for sure, dude. If it's Super Bowl weekend, it's Super Bowl for that sure. shit is going sense. to be crazy. It's Anderson Vidor. It would be yeah, just Junior and that him. shit is going to be, be crazy. And that's you have to put in there. That's King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, that's the Dos Kong. Santos versus Cain Velasquez. Might be. I might have a fucking heart attack. I might not be able to get through the broadcast. I might, I might just shit my pants before we even start. I might just, I might just have uncontrollable and they're, they're diarrhea. Talking about and just, it for Super Bowl, they're not gonna fuck. Wait. Why wait? Just put it up there. Dos Santos is coming off a big fight too. That Roy Jones fight or the Roy Nelson fight rather was a real good fight for him because he got pushed and he had to work. He had to work for three hard rounds because Roy Nelson is no joke, man. Roy Nelson is a powerful motherfucker and he can take it. And Dos Santos hit him with some bombs and he had to go three hard rounds with him. It was like a real like grueling fight where you know Roy Nelson hit him with some shots too. Nelson was always there and always dangerous. Who's the New Year's card, Doug? It's Edgar a good question. Against Redhead. Against Frankie uh, Gray Maynard. Right. And yeah. who else? I don't know. I don't know exactly what's uh, set up yet. I think it's all tentative right now. I'm not sure. Carwin hurt his back for 25. He did? Yeah, he's out of his next fight. Really? Yeah. When did this happen? All those heavyweights seen that fight and fell off their fucking When chair. did this happen? <laughs> when? Well, yesterday. They all did. That's him. Frank Mia fell off You his sure Carwin stool. pulled out? Yeah. Carwin's I thought Carwin was uh, fighting Carwin pulled out. Oh, no way. Carwin pulled out of 125. Oh, that sucks. He man. hurt his back. Uh, who else? Somebody else pulled out. A couple pullouts. Really? Yeah. Carwin pull-out. pulls out of January co-main. I hate pulling Wow. <laughs> Having some back pain. Had an MRI yesterday. Some damage that may require. Oh, is surgery. that what it is? You're reading it? Yeah, it okay. says yeah. I have some damage that may really require surgery. Oh no! Well, you know he had some serious back problems wrestling. 
you know, when he was wrestling, he had some serious back problems. And it's one of the reasons why he, um, I think, uh, stopped playing football as well. Because uh, I think he played football for a bit. Somebody else is hurt, too, from one of the cards, 24. Yeah. Krokop interested in replacing Carwin versus Nelson. Whoa. Krokop wants to step in and fight Roy Nelson. Roy Nelson might knock Krokop the fuck out. Right out, back to Croatia. Isn't to that crazy? Big fucking blanket. Isn't that crazy that back you would to, say that? That's crazy. That's Isn't crazy, it crazy talk. you would say that? But that's crazy talk. He might, you know, or Krokop might just come back with a fucking flurry. You never know when a guy's done. Because if you look at like Alistar Overeem, a lot of people counted Alistar Overeem out. A lot of people said, man, this guy just keeps getting knocked out by people. Sergey Karatanov knocked him out. Chuck Liddell knocked him out. I think uh, Shogun stopped him once. I mean, there was just like he, got, he had all these fights where he was getting beat down. And I think a lot of people said, you know what, this guy's just done. And then he went up to heavyweight, and then he got all of a sudden dedicated, and then all of a sudden he's the baddest motherfucker in K1. He's the most dangerous guy that's fighting in strike force. The most, I think he's more dangerous than any of those other strike force guys. I know Fedor is a legend. I know Fedor is a bad motherfucker, and I'm a Fedor fan. But I think if Fedor stands with Alistar over him, I think it's night-night, soldier. I don't think you can hang in there with that guy. I don't think you realize the level of striking that guy's on right now. He's been training just straight K1 for a long time now and competing and winning in high-end, you know, high-level competition against high-level competition, beating Peter Ertz and shit, you know? So there's, there's a, a, a gang of those dudes right now that are, that are, that are bad motherfuckers. What's up, Joe Rogan? Drop it on me and shit. Krokop could come back. He could come back. If, if, as long as he can still take punishment, you know, I mean, he got hit with a big knee from a big guy, you know? But if he can still take punishment and he, you know, super dedicates himself, decides, fuck this, I'm coming back. You know, I'm coming back with a vengeance. Him against Roy Nelson could be fun. I'm sitting there the other day watching Tito against Matt Hamill, and I've always loved Matt Hamill. I like his work ethic. I always pull for him. And I'm watching Tito, whatever, and I'm thinking about Fucking John Jones picked this guy up and threw him around like a fucking a rag doll. Like a rag doll. I never. I was thinking about this this week. I'm looking at this going. This is what's coming in. I mean, <laughs> when John Jones handles dudes, it's like you ever seen a like like a, a strong bug, like a beetle, pick another bug up and just kind of toss it around. Toss it around. Like bugs can do crazy shit to each other. Like ants can just pick other ants up like they're nothing and just toss them around. It doesn't look like they're even straining. That's how it looks like when John Jones throws people Jones around. John Jones did that to that kid. My heart stopped. Dude. It he, fucking stopped, man. His lateral drop, when he gets those double, double overhooks on you, he hit... Who did he hit with it? He hit um, uh, the, uh, the, the, the guy with that. Fourth, Stephen Bonner. Stephen Bonner. He hit Stephen Bonner with Brilliant. it. He hit Gusmao with it. Gusmao was his first opponent in the UFC. He uh, apparently, uh, Tate Fletcher told me that he hit it on Keith Jardine in training. He said, dude, you can't even believe it when you see it. Keith is this big, strong, powerful dude. And John Jones just launches him through the air, flips him over his heel. I mean, you know, a lateral drop is you're flipping a guy through the fucking air, feet up, ankles flying. And he, and he does that to Keith Jardine on a regular he's just that's, that's that strong amazing. he's just freak strong freak technique super smart super humble dude you know that's that's the next level man that level of athleticism that comes with those guys that's the next level that's coming right now john jones is just like all those other super athletes in other sports just like a jordan he's just one of these guys he's just a bad motherfucker bad motherfucker with his mind but bad the super athletes with his body. also have a downfall too 
What? They also have, uh, uh, there's a dark side to them. They don't have what you were talking about before, which is technique. They rely too much on the athleticism. Oh, John Jones has a perfect and, well, technique. Well, it draws as they're more involved in it. And that's what happens to Michael Vick, for example. Did Jordan rely on technique? I don't know much about basketball. Um, Did he, was he a technique guy or was he just an athletic guy? He was very athletic, but he knew the game of basketball in and out. He had to be. He was he one, one of the greatest the ever. Basketball. But what or I'm saying is greatest, when it comes right? to fighting sometimes, people have very uh, fast hand speed or they're good with their legs and they move good but they just don't the, the athleticism stops and you always lose the technique right you know like like you'll never be a GSP right he's a great athlete but the motherfucker got great technique his technique's perfect it's perfect you know and it's just his so guy weird. John Donaher the guy who handles uh, he's he does a lot of the training of GSP and a lot of the strategy of GSP and he was brought in to coach with GSP on this season the ultimate fighter you saw him he's the Australian dude right the, the short hair guy yeah I'm sorry New, New Zealand guy day. He does jiu-jitsu yes, yeah, he's like forty-three years old, and jujitsu is this guy's life, and right. he's he's a brilliant motherfucker. He lives on his mat. I heard he sleeps on the mats when he takes naps and shit because he teaches during the day. You know, when he's got no classes, he's just well, no, taking I heard naps. That his and room shit. is a fucking mat. Oh, really? Where he sleeps? It might be. And he's one. Of it's a lot guys. of legend behind this guy. Well, <laughs> I heard that like he's one of these guys like us. Like you know, like as a comic, sometimes the best material you get is right about before you close your fucking eyes, and you have a decision to make: either you could get up and write the joke. Or you could get up and say to yourself, "I remember it in the morning," right? And then you don't remember who got in the right, morning, right? It's this motherfucker <clears throat> takes it to the next level. He's in bed thinking of a move. Right? He'll get up at four in the morning and get a dummy, start rolling, and start rolling with the fucking, du- you know, whatever, just right. to see if leverage or whatever. I heard he's one of those guys, you know. That just- they credit him with inventing the Darce choke. There's a there's a choke that uh, uh, Joe D'Arcy is famous for because Mayhem Miller uh, got caught in it by Joe D'Arcy, and they they brought it back and they started calling it the Darce choke. I talked about it during the podcast but apparently what i've been informed since i said this during the broadcast is that donaher actually invented this choke that he he figured it out and he's the one who showed it to drc and drc showed it to mayhem so donaher you know he's a, a legend in fighting a legend in like he doesn't fight himself because he's got a fucked up knee but he's a legend amongst jujitsu circles for being like one of the baddest motherfuckers to deal with well, his theories are exactly, they mirror my theories when it comes to, to MMA. And it's the theory that they espoused when coaching this, this uh, show, The Ultimate Fighter. They're like, fuck all this trying to be the toughest you know, guy, trying to you know, run up hills the, the hardest and throw bags of sand around the hardest. No, what's most important is your technique. The technique has to be the most important. And it's not mental toughness. It's not your ability to you know, hold your breath underwater, hold it under rocks. It's technique. Technique and training that, te- that technique at a furious pace and you'll develop. How do you learn how to fight, Joe? How do you learn? You learn you- By fighting. You so what's the a fucking tube where you're running up a hill? That's yeah. something I never... It's great. Conditioning is great. There's example. something to strength and conditioning to prevent injuries and to give you a certain amount of strength, a certain amount of power to, to utilize those techniques. But when you get past that, technique is the most important thing. Absolutely. And Absolutely. these guys, you know, this Donaher guy, like talking to him just reinforces, in my eyes, the, the importance of a, a super dedicated coach, like a guy like him. You know, a guy like him or a guy like Greg Jackson, especially Donaher. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. As Enna and Greg's those guys are huge for a fighter's career you know to find a wise guy who is in that role he's not he can't compete he's got he was born with a fucked up knee like he he literally he can't like do strength and conditioning shit he can't run his his knee's fucked up he probably can't take kicks in it 
So he's not going to be fighting, but he's fascinated by it, and he's fascinated by it as a science, just like you would be fascinated by chess as a science. Absolutely. And that's how he breaks it down. He's, it's not about toughness or ego or any silliness like that. It's all just about executing the perfect technique and strategy. Did you watch The Ultimate Fighter last week? Yes. They had a knucklehead on there, and he walks around, and he's tough. But then the other guy, everybody says, avoid his fucking guillotine. Yep. Did you see what that yeah. knucklehead did? What did he do? He just dove in on Right into the fucking guillotine. Yeah, well, it's because the know, kid came wild at him, and he just forced him into his that, habits. Do you think that that kid could beat the fuck out of me, that kid with the guillotine? Because I That kid's got a nasty guillotine. He's got a nasty well, he's guillotine. got a weird way of holding it, too. Absolutely. He he doesn't hold it like a normal guy does. He, he like, turns it so that the back of the palm is facing the face, and he pushes <clears> down <throat> on it, and it kind of closes off both sides of the neck quicker. I'm fucking around with it. A lot of guys did. Nate Diaz did that to um, uh, who the fuck did he fight? God damn it! Irish hand grenade. Marcus Davis. Marcus Davis. He did that same technique to Marcus Davis. He pushes his knuckles. He pushes like he grabs a hold of his hand and pushes his hand towards the neck, and then that's how he closes it off. It's like that's the thing about jujitsu, man. Guys are constantly coming up with new variations to techniques, constantly adding new ways to do it. There's like a bunch of different variations. Yeah, positions. You can't learn it all, man. And it's like that's like there's every guy has a different kind of style. Like some guys always have the newest, craziest moves, and they have this giant encyclopedia of moves they can hit you with. And then there's other guys that only like hit a certain amount of moves all the time. Like they go for arm triangles, chokes, arm bar. They have like three or four moves, you know, that they only go to off their back. They have like arm bar, triangle. That's it. These are just only moves they go to. But they're nasty at them, you know. Like Nogera. Nogera doesn't do like crazy wild stuff. His jujitsu is like old school Hicks and Gracie style jujitsu. It's like the real traditional jujitsu, but everything he does, he does perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is perfect technique. Like, like I don't see Nogueira doing, you know, any crazy, like go, go plata rubber guard sweep shit. Like he's going to just tap you with triangles, tap you with arm bars. You know what I'm saying? Tap you with guillotines, get your back, choke you out. All like the standard shift, like Hodger Gracie, same thing. All the standard, standard moves. They just hone them to a science, you know? So there's two schools of thought. Like Hicks and Gracie is a perfect example. Widely recognized as the greatest jiu-jitsu guy ever. Everybody says that. But Hicks and Gracie is traditional jiu-jitsu. That's what he hits you with. He doesn't hit you with some crazy moves you never saw before. He just goes he through knows you three moves perfect. He knows everything. He knows everything. But his jiu-jitsu is all very standard, old-school jiu-jitsu. He's just perfect at it. Everything he does is perfect technique, perfect position. He's been there a billion times. It's a part of his DNA. And everybody says the same thing. You don't even know what the fuck jiu-jitsu is until you roll with Hickson. They say he just, he just takes it to another level. He goes, it's just you realize like there's levels to this game, and you think you know what the levels are until you roll with a guy like Hickson. And you just realize this motherfucker knows exactly what to do. Every time you move a certain way, he knows exactly how to respond, and he does it effortlessly. And you, you feel like you're a child. You feel like you're just learning how to do this, and you're getting strangled. Meanwhile, you've been putting in 10 years. You've been going to the gym three, four days a week for 10 years, sweating your ass off, doing fucking running hills, doing kettlebell drills. You're like, I'm a bad motherfucker. You're like, I'm 28 years old. I did a cycle at Anavar. Where's Hickson? And you roll with him, and you just and rolled around like a little baby. Like a little, bitch. Like a little baby. You don't All even know what the fuck's probably, going on. Correct? All technique. All they say technique. you don't feel any of his strength. You don't even feel his strength. You don't feel it. It's just all of a sudden he's mounted on you, and you can't shake him off. You try to shake him off, he counters that shake. He's all of a sudden got an arm trapped, and you're trying to fight that arm. All of a sudden you're in a triangle. It's like it's just boom, 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 and then you tapped, and you're like, I don't even feel like he got tired. He didn't even break a sweat. You're exhausted. You just fought for your fucking life against some ever-moving ever anaconda that's figuring out some new way to cut off your blood, and then boom, tap, and you have to tap, and then you're just humiliated, and you start back from scratch. Take a knee. Take a knee. 
technique, brother. Technique. Hey, Ten- man, technique never shout ends, out man. to the fucking sponsor that hit it. Flashlight. 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 Check him out. Like I said, and when you put ice cubes in there, and then you no. put a little bit of fucking cum in there, and then you put Alka Seltzer in there, so when you're fucking it, you get the Alka Seltzer on your helmet. Wait a minute, wait a minute. And you wait, get wait, the wait. ice cube effect from outside your helmet. You cum in it, and then you fucking. I don't fucking know. I don't have this in my house. I'm just trying to help I, people. I have out one here. for you. It's a blue no, one. No, I don't want no fucking penalty. You don't want I don't it? Want no, I don't, I'm not going to fuck nothing like that. I don't like porn. I'm just, I just have ideas. Do you still even beat off? How often do you beat off on a regular basis? Once a week. Once a week? That's it. Really? That's it? Why? Wow. Why don't you do it more? For what? <laughs> Brian wants wants to hear stories. No, 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 what did you do it to today? I'm not big on the beat off. You're not big on it? No, no, no. no, no, no. I feel fucking guilty at times. Yeah. It's always a sad feeling. It's very sad when you beat off. It's like going to a strip club and making believe the stripper's going to meet you at Denny's afterward. You know what I'm saying? That ain't never going to happen. It ain't never going to fucking happen. You always get that one idiot, Doug, let's go to Denny's. She said she's going to meet me. Fucking nobody gonna meet you. What's up, Red That's Band? the game, son. That's the game. That's the baby. game. Have you ever dated a girl that that her phone has emergency porn videos just in case that she doesn't have internet and she has to masturbate? No, don't. That's disgusting. For real? Yeah, Esther does that. <laughs> Do you think she wants the world to know this? Oh, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, yeah so. that seems like you just ratted her out, yeah. bro. Wow. Some chicks get crazy with the porn, though. Oh, they love it. There's other girls that are offended by porn. Some chicks get offended. Some chicks get crazy with it. It's a weird thing, huh? It's a weird thing. Some girls think you need it. Like, oh, you need it to keep a relationship. There was a girl that I dated in uh, high school, and then uh, like I ran into her many, many years later. And somehow or another, you know, she got on the subject of uh, getting bored while she's married. She was a whore. She probably wanted to fuck. And uh, she got on the subject of, uh, you know, watching porn when you're married. And I'm like, you guys watch porn together? She's like, oh, yeah. I mean, after a while, you get just so tired of each other. You just want to watch something else. Like, she was just, it was like, it sounded so gross. People. And they wonder why the fucking husband's fucking some tattooed pig. That's why. <laughs> fucking filthy fucking animals that they are. Old school, ladies and gentlemen. Old fucking Joey school. Diaz. Joey Diaz dropping That's it. old school. I don't got time for this new shit. That was a, a strong, yeah, was a strong two-hour sprint, Joey. You fucking threw it down today. Did I? Yeah, you did. What that did was there were some classic moments. What did I say? You well, you said everything. Like Ten minutes. Of you, shit. you said you, there were some classic goddamn moments. It was uh, one of my favorite podcasts. Really? Yeah. Today, you, why are you, you blowing smoke up my ass to you the threw face? It down. You, you, made, know, you, know, you made every me time laugh. I come up, people put some security cameras on. And you shit. made me laugh my fucking ass fucking off. Guy, that was a good one. Anyway, I love doing it with you guys. It's a lot of fun always. Well, what happens? What'd you do? Nothing. I was just getting the ending song ready. There's no way he can't not do that. (laughs) Um, uh, How do people uh, get a hold of your podcast? They know how to fucking get a hold of me. No, they don't. They don't. Beauty and the Beast podcast. We dropped Beauty and the Beast podcast. It's on iTunes. Beauty and the Beast.com. Or download on iTunes. You guys own Beauty and the Beast.com? How the fuck did you get that? I don't fucking know. Beauty Come and on. the Beast. Oh, D A. Oh. Right well, you just confused the, the shit out of a bunch of people. Disney and shit. I don't Disney. know what you're saying. I'm gonna get home. Mickey's gonna be in my house serving. Hey, me have you ever people. wondered about that? Like, what if you become famous? You might not be able to keep that name. Like, Disney might fuck with you guys. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, the beast. they might fuck with you guys. Oh, we'll burn you know? that bridge when we get to it. Who gives a Why fuck? not just have uh, the Joey Diaz and Felicia podcast? Because you guys are awesome. How about Booty and the Beast? Shut up, Brian. I don't know. Why, why, let's, let's leave it the fuck what, it is. Why not just have you guys your names? Wouldn't it be benef- better beneficial to you guys if your name was on the podcast? 
You know? Who the fuck knows? Let's Joey just Diaz and Felicia Michaels. Right now. Why confuse people? Just go to Beauty and the Beast. Why? Who gives a fuck? Just join they your They do give a fuck. People Beauty love you, man. They know people love you. They want to find you. They want to find you. BeautyandTheBeast.com. They want other people to be able to find you. Go to Twitter. I'm on MySpace big like a motherfucker. Your tags are off. Your tags are off. Nobody understands where you are. What do you mean by tag? Mad Flavor. You need to get Mad Flavor at Twitter. Mad Flavor at Twitter. Uh, what's my Mad Flavor at whatever? At what is Facebook? your um? I don't know your Facebook. You don't Joey know? Coco Diaz at Facebook. Yeah, someone couldn't find you. The, the vaporizer dude. Couldn't yeah, the find vaporizer you. dude. He's I looking for I you. I understand how he couldn't find. I you. think he sent you a MySpace message though. Reluctantly, yeah, he did. He, did. he, he did. jumped into the nice. waters of yes, MySpace. He's a good, he's a good <laughs> how could you find his message? In, in I like the, the vaporizer. I like the vaporizer. I just thought the well was a little too small. You know, I smoke fifty fucking bongs. Jesus Christ! Vaporized weed is something so different to me. I can't smoke a lot of it. I, I every time I get, I do too many vapor. Vaporizer heads, I'm not comfortable. I don't like it. What happens to you? Just get too fucking spacey. Good. I'm so going to go, go home and get fucking high tonight. <laughs> I'm going to smoke that whole battery I can't, in that vaporizer. I can't vaporizer keep up with the thoughts. It's like they're coming too fast. That's what it's like I need them. No, 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 no. I like them around mid-level, mid-stream, so that I can still think. Mid-stream. When I get super, super, super high, sometimes it's like it takes like an hour before I can enjoy it. Because for the for the first hour, I'm just like, whoa! It's just, it's it's just moving along too fast. It's like there's a river of fish swimming by me, and they're all little, and I'm trying to grab handfuls of them. I can't get one of them. I got the super. They're all flying by. Go home and vaporize that motherfucker to death. And don't forget, people, we're gonna be at the Austin yeah, Cap City next week. Thursday, well, Friday, that? and Saturday, the fourth through the sixth, we're gonna be ripping it the fuck up. That's not next week, though, right? No. Yes, it is. No, it's two. Yes, weeks. it is. It's fucking Halloween this Sunday, gentlemen. All Saints Day is Monday. We're going to fucking Austin next Wednesday at six o'clock, motherfuckers. We'll be there at eleven. It's Halloween next Sunday. No, Sunday, Papa. next Sunday, bro. Yeah, that's what I said to you. Oh, okay. So we're going the following week, which is next week, isn't it? Next week yes. is Austin. That's what the fuck Oh, yeah, I'm you're right. It is next we're week. We're going to Austin like next, next week. motherfucking week, so right. get it together. Oh, Five wow. fun-filled shows. There's a couple tickets left. Jump on that bitch right now. Oh, that's right. Austin, Don't forget next the, week. The, 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 the Fleshlight. Don't forget Beauty and the Beast. Don't forget, I'm, I'm writing for ProMMA.com with my man Jack. You know what you need to do? Fuck all this writing. They just need to get a camera and turn it on you and have you talk. And put it on as, as a video blog. You What's up it, with though. this writing nonsense? I love writing. Don't worry about it. Well, me. I know you just love writing. Just do, do what you got to you, do. You can do that if you like. But if they really want to get the most out of you, what name, the fuck? I'm going to do this. I don't want to change All you got to do is roll that number. We're going to catch track. Roll that number, cocksucker. Don't worry about changing names. What are you? <laughs> fucking Border Wars? Roll that number, bitch. I love your name. I don't want you to change your name. You know I love you, right, Red Band? How Red did you Band? become Planet Rock? What, what was this? I don't know who gave me Planet Rock. You I thought did. you came up no, with it. No, I'm Mad Flavor from Biggie Game. Mad, Mad Flavor, you definitely came up Biggie with it. Biggie gave me Mad Flavor in 95. And then also Joey Karate. That's right. Joey Karate, I gave myself before Tommy Karate came up with that motherfucker. Who's Tommy guy. Karate? Tommy Patera, the fucking guy who was in the witness relocation plan. Fuck him. What? Again, what are you talking about? My cry over spilt milk. Some guy, Tommy Patera, look him up. He wrote a book and he's Tommy Karate. What is this, Brian? This is uh, Mika versus Red One. Is it good? I don't know. I just thought I'd play something I don't know. Remember, you're just gonna take a chance. Yeah, I'm taking a chance. Why would you do that? Because that's how Brian. It's gay as fuck, bro. It's so kill gay. It. I, I ruined. <laughs> kill that. it, kill it, and let's wrap it up with that Die Word song again. It's not, uh, it's not connecting to your internet right now. That's why but I you have it already. This. I love you no, guys. It, Thank it you very much it. for watching the podcast. It's not connecting to the internet. Mm-mm. This is one of the best podcasts I do. I love these fucking guys, especially Red Band and Rogan. 
You know what I'm saying? Well, we I'll be right out there, princess. Of, we enjoy the fuck out of doing it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, uh, we uh, appreciate it very much. And Joey and I, again, we'll see you next week in Austin, Texas. We're there for three nights, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Ripping it up, bitches. What is this, Brian? This is MC Chris. Oh, you fucking <laughs> homo. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like caviar? It's an acquired taste. Yes. I like it. If you have to ask what it's like and how long it lasts, kind of sort of felt like wearing a flaming sorting hat. Name is Neville, I'm a rebel, don't worry about the tension. That's not bad. Data thought I mentioned that my specialty suspension doesn't get in lifted. I'm a hippie, come to Hogwarts. I'm the kid you look up when you feel like getting trick up. I got cockroach clusters, I got them chocolate frogs, I got every flavor made by the Bay Birdie Bots. I got what you want, I got what you need. I got those Wizzy be so fizzy, you say wizard, please. I'm someone with the spell, cause pages are prohibited. You Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you um, probably Thursday. It looks like we're going to do another one on Thursday. We've been doing mostly two a week. And uh, and I and I, I appreciate the fuck out of every time I come to the shows and all the people that come up to me and tell me that they really like the podcast. Well, that's why we're doing it. We're doing it for you guys. Uh, it really means the world to us. We enjoy the fuck out of doing it, and we're going to keep doing it. Thank you very much, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Big kiss. Love you, bitches. Bye. With a mass these nugs, wreck them trees like I and giant Taco Bell. That's where my time went. Would you like a fiesta ball? Cristobal wants a siesta ball. Low ride latte, cause it bounces up. Now roll up, wiggle like a basket brook. Hey, stickery clown, but your liquor is down. It's just like a joint, but it's bigger and brown. It's a blood. But yo, we don't smoke them.